Hello, everyone, and welcome to Millennial Rewind, where we take a not-so-sentimental look at the movies and TV shows that were around when millennials were growing up. I'm your host, Nick, coming to you from the Danger Zone, Los Angeles, California, and joining me here in the City of Angels is my co-host, Jules. Jules, how are you doing today? I've been drunk since it's... it's... (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) I've been drunk since 8 a.m., Nick. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, starting your day out right and joining us from the part of southern california that will take your breath away for all the wrong reasons the inland empire is my other co-host john john how you doing you know not so good i spilled some coffee on my shirt and i need some asses to take it out on (laughs) Oh, don't we all. And what we watched this week, we watched Top Gun. That's right. The cinematic tour de force. And John, how would you tell somebody you watched Top Gun without saying the title Top Gun? There's only one way to tell people that, and that's that I went to the Danger Zone. Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, we did. And Jules, if Jerry Bruckheimer had come up to you in the early to mid 80s and asked you to come up with a different title for Top Gun, what would it have been? Oh, Jerry, you've come to the right man for this job because I can see it on the poster right now. A few good sweaty flying men. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh, my God. Sweat is an uncredited character in this film. Buckets. Just I want to go ahead and bring this up. When I was doing the looking at reviews for last time, I found some great ones because we're definitely going to get into this. There's homoeroticism and all this. And usually people think of that as like a, uh, a more modern perspective. There was a review from TV Guide in 1986 that says what Top Gun contributes to the genre is an increased emphasis on military hardware and an almost homoerotic attraction for male bodies Mostly sweaty ones. <laughs> TV guide. The understatement of almost is just really quite yes, fantastic. Almost. Almost. <laughs> so here's the thing. This movie, we're going to make fun of it. We're going to do our thing. But th- we under we acknowledge, at least I do, that this is one of the greats. This is one of the greatest movies of all time. It is one of the most culturally significant movies of all time. And no matter what we say, we absolutely acknowledge its place in history. We just ha- we have to do our thing with it. It is amazing. <laughs> and you talk about the homoeroticism, John. And I, I bought the Blu-ray when we were starting to do this because and I watched the behind the scenes and Tony Scott who was the director Mm -hmm. the late great Tony Scott who sadly threw himself off a bridge in San Pedro in 2012 R.I.P. Tony Scott R.I.P. Tony Scott he got a book of just hot dudes being photographed he had this whole 
book. This like one photographer took all these like black and white photos of these really hot dudes. And there's like one that really inspired him, which was like three shirtless dudes in a car. And they all kind of looked like the main characters to him. And that was kind of the aesthetic he was going for. So when you talk about like, yeah, homoerotic, homoeroticism, he took a book of hot dudes and he used that as the inspiration for how he filmed the male characters in this film. Well, that makes my other tidbit make even more sense. The Metacritic score for this movie is an even 50. It got torn to shreds when it came out. But now we have later reviews that, like you said, it's a pop culture juggernaut, you know, and that's why it is so even. So for the 20th anniversary, an Empire review talks about how even Tom Cruise was hesitant and this became his first million dollar paycheck. They managed to get million dollars. And when an onset military advisor pointed out the majority of professional discourse in Navy flight schools did not happen in locker rooms, nor with the flyers clad only in their underwear, they were unimpressed, saying, I have just paid a million dollars for that kid and I need to see some flesh. Oh, absolutely. That was in the behind the scenes thing too. Tony Cut, like, I paid a million dollars for him. I'ma see me some naked Tom Cruise. Like, I, I mean, yes. was Tony Scott gay or bi? I, I don't know. I, I read the Empire thing. I'm like, is this substantiated? There's no reference, no citation given. Absolutely. Here. But also a big reason why there's a lot of locker room scenes. The writer said, this is a sports movie. <laughs> He said, this is a sport. It's about, you know, competition and finding that part of yourself to like push through. He said, yeah, I wrote a sports movie about fighter jets. Yeah, it actually, I mean, they are just in school. That makes a lot of sense. They're just in school. It, there is, the very yeah. beginning and the very end. They're just in school competing against each other. It is a sports movie. Oh, my God. John, I mean, you might have been able to see this in theaters, but this was... No, you didn't see this in theaters? No, you I, was, I would have been four. So if I had, I wouldn't know. <laughs> you would have been the coolest kid in kindergarten. <laughs> no, because when I was in... Uh, well, this would have been preschool, but we were literally on a military base. Oh, and our shit. parents were pilots. And the A4 that they used to train against, that's, uh, that's what my dad flew. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and I know... Fuck all about military stuff. Okay, so I'm going to be, once again, like in Small Soldiers, I'm going to be the weird dude pointing out the incorrect military shit, and you're just going to be like, my dad flew these things. I don't know what the fuck happened. I, I horribly failed at this in the simulators at like seven, eight years old. <laughs> Oh my God! Wait, where? So your parents were they in the Air Force? What were they? At? It was what it brand? was Navy. He he learned to fly in the Marines and then became a Navy instructor. Wow, mm -hmm. really cool. Were you ever in San Diego where they filmed this? Is this where? Because there's a major naval air station in San Diego. Um, they were at. El Toro, which has since been closed down. Okay. It, it was referenced in Independence Day of all movies. Huh. And so that that's when I was born out in out here in California. And then by the time this came out, we probably would have moved. And my, my first memories were in uh, Mississippi. Crazy. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I definitely only saw this film later in life. I mean, like I was a kid and I'm pretty sure we just had the DVD because any family worth its salt had a Top Gun DVD lying around somewhere. Well, I, re 
remember being really irritated at this movie because I it it I loved I I, I was one of those kids who just had a love fascination with the F fourteen Tomcat. That was like the poster child <laughs> of anyone who loves airplanes or aviation and then you had all these stats in your head about you know the the missiles the delivery systems and the radar and every all the wings and how they move and uh and i couldn't watch it because of that bloody sex scene that sex scene started my <laughs> started my British sexualized repression because I I hated that the movie was rated highly just because of that sex scene and I really wanted to see some good F14 Tomcat porn and the actual porn ruined it. Well, I'm going to get into it a little bit later, but that was jammed in later. That was not originally part of the film. Uh, there's a whole yeah, story behind in. it. Yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll t- we're going to talk a bit more about that sex scene when it comes up and the whole thing. But yeah, I totally get it. It's like when I was really into Titanic as a kid and I went to go watch Titanic in theaters and I couldn't get over the soppy love story that was at the center of this. Like, why is this cheesy Jack and Rose story getting in the way of awesome ship stuff? <laughs> so I feel you, Jules. I feel you. But yeah, as far as early memories of this movie, I just remember my dad making fun of it. Because while it is jets going fast, they don't really do much. And it's supposed to be like the best, the best. The maneuvers they pull are fairly basic and they just call shit wrong. You know, like I'm just going to hit the brakes. No, you don't have brakes. <laughs> that's sorry. a call. That's not, that's not how planes work. Um <laughs> Yeah. So apparently, yeah, I mean, any pilot worth their salt looks at this and it's not how anybody flies. Um, (laughs) They the pilots involved had to make it look cool. It was all designed to look cool. That's the thing. How fighter pilots actually fly isn't cinematic and doesn't look cool on screen. So they had to jazz it up a little bit to to make it look cool. So a lot of the maneuvers that they do in the the fighter sequences have no tactical value. They're just there to look cool, like like flying upside down or spinning or doing all these things. Doesn't actually help you in a dogfight, but it looks really cool in a movie. So yeah, I mean, we were saying um, Tony Scott directed this. He got this movie because he directed a commercial in the early 80s for Saab, the car maker, because the car maker also makes jet fighters for Sweden. Huh. Yeah, they're, 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 they make jet fighters and commercial automobiles. That is a very interesting business model. And because he was one of the few directors who actually had experience filming jets he got the job and this is what we got <laughs> this is what we got it's like who 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 knows how to film jets this rando british dude sweet get him on board and it's crazy because him and his brother ridley scott he's ridley scott's brother came from commercials they both came from commercials and only made feature films later in life it's a very interesting career trajectory produced of course as we mentioned earlier by jerry bruckheimer <laughs> Flashdance, Beverly Hills Cop, Bad Boys, Black Hawk Down, Pirates of the Caribbean, CSI, just mega producer. Listener at home, you have definitely watched multiple things that Jerry Bruckheimer has produced. And the music, well, at least the songs, were done by Giorgio Moroder, who did the Flashdance song. Take, um, what was it? Yeah, What a Feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the song. No, I've just got it in my head. I'm just sitting in my chair, like, just boogieing out. What a feeling. 
Yeah, man. he is a multiple. Os- so that won the Oscar, <laughs> and he won the Oscar again in this movie for "Take My Breath Away." That won Best Song at the Oscars. Wow. And not Danger Zone, which is bullshit that is because I, that is a fucking crime against humanity because I think we all know that Danger Zone is the greatest song <laughs> of all time. Every other piece of music is irrelevant. So we're like, well, actually, it's probably Beethoven's Ninth Sympathy. Oh, to joy. No, bullshit. Fucking Danger Zone. The, the only the only thing that could be considered a close contender would be Final Countdown. Only Final Countdown. And the crazy thing is, so Kenny Loggins did not write Danger Zone. It was Giorgio Moroder. Oh, no shit. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, do you know who wrote the lyrics to it? His Ferrari mechanic. The guy who he had maintain his supercars had a dream to be a lyricist and got his shot and wrote the lyrics to fucking dangerous. Typical Hollywood crap, right? They just guy with the Ferrari gets lyrics from this mechanic. It's just I am astounded. I could I could end this episode now. I am just mind blown by all of this information. Yeah, again, these are the magical things you learn when you buy the Blu-ray. And this almost didn't get made. Like, we look at it now, we're like, well, obviously you would make Top Gun. It's, It's an incredible film. But the executives at Paramount, including Jeffrey Katzenberger, mega Hollywood mogul Jeffrey Katzenberger, just didn't see the potential for it. And there was apparently a change of the guard in terms of the top executives at Paramount. And they came to Jerry Bruckheimer like, hey, what you got? We need to make some movies. And he's like, hey, we got this uh, Top Gun. Like, well, how much is it going to cost? 14 million, which I think is a lot in 80s dollars. And they're like, go make it. Huh. I figured the problems would have been like military cooperation with, you know, using equipment, hardware, that sort of thing. Right. It would, But it wasn't. I mean, clearly they had to get they, the military was heavily involved. Obviously, you can't film on an aircraft carrier and have all those awesome shots of airplanes without the military helping you out. But it was initially the studio that they had to get past. Hmm. You see, to me, I was always wondering how much the Navy was actually involved in the production of this, because, you know, just after watching it, I thought, you know, Oh, the song In the Navy came out in 1979 before this movie and so the sort of homoeroticism in the Navy had sort of had time to flower a bit <laughs> so I like to think that this movie was the Navy's attempt to steer into the skid you know <laughs> Well, the the song in the Navy was supposed to be a... The Navy was going to use it as a promotional tool, which is why they allowed the village people to film like on a warship and stuff. And then someone pointed out that this is a gay song. (laughs) I I, I always love it when someone has to point out that the village people's songs are always super gay. (laughs) And so they dropped that side of promoting it. But then, of course, the video was already made. The song became a hit regardless. And I'm sure some people got really excited to join the Navy because of it. You can sell oh the my seven God. seas. Yeah, next. I mean, this this was a major <laughs> naval recruiting tool. I mean, they apparently had recruiters outside of movie theaters yes. to get people coming out of the movie theater. I think their their recruitment jumped up a third. And even Tony Scott's like, I feel really bad because everyone, a lot of people probably joined the Navy after seeing Top Gun, think they were, thinking they were going to do cool shit and they were just like stuck below on some destroyer. But yeah, so I mean, a lot of great stuff to talk about this movie. Again, we're going to nitpick it. We're going to do our thing, but I think 
think we're all in agreement that this is an awesome movie that we all enjoyed and continue to enjoy. Well, I don't know. I, I, I used to think it was awesome. Now I think it's it's fun, but doesn't doesn't hit any super high watermarks for me anymore. I'm afraid. Oh, there are, there are definitely major issues with the story as a as a story, but in terms of the action and everything else, top shelf. <laughs> it is some Top Gun. <laughs> Top flight Gun footage. Acting. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that. But before we get into that, we are going to take a quick break and we'll be back to give our opinions on Top Gun. Maverick. Iceman. I don't like how you fly. I don't care what you like. I'm a Maverick. Oh, you're going to get someone killed. You're dangerous. That's right. I am dangerous, Ice Man. You need to stick to your wingman. Oh, I can stick my wingman. Yeah, but can you stick real close? You bet that ass I can. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Mm. Take me to the danger zone. Oh, I'm going to be your wingman. I spilled my coffee! I want butts! I need butts in my office! This is the Navy, and I want butts! (laughs) (laughs) And we're back, and we're going to start off this movie with the old-school, hand-drawn Paramount logo. The exact same one that you're going to see at the beginning of the Indiana Jones movies. And we got a title card that tells us that uh, why they started Top Gun Fighter Weapons School is the official term for it. Started back in 1969 because they wanted to teach people how to dogfight and it really helped out with that. And we go right into military porn. A title card that's unnecessary because part of their classes involve what it just said. Oh, yeah. They explain this. (laughs) In graphic detail with like facts and figures later on in the film. But apparently they felt the need to prime the audience before this started. Did anyone else feel um, a little disjointed by the fact that it establishes these characters as the top 1%? So we are about to watch the 1%. I I was ready to protest a little. Nah. (laughs) Nah. So we open up on the flight deck of a of an aircraft carrier, and Tony Scott just lets uh you know watch some really sexy, sexy planes taking off, getting ready to take off. It's just I have to ask: some is it f- uh, is it politically incorrect to cat call a fighter jet? Because I did that several times during this opening montage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't you mean you Tom Cat called them? Oh. oh. Oh, you should see the look on it on Julian's face right now. I think you just didn't get it. I think I broke Julian with that pun. A little. And we get uh, we get our first instance of Danger Zone, which kind of I gotta say it disappointed me a little. Really? Because I just love that Top Gun anthem, and you're slowly building up to it. The guitar just starts to come in that little bit, and it's just about to explode, and then. Kenny Loggins. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I, I see what you mean. Depending on what you're in the mood for, but I, I, I am a big Danger Zone dude. Oh, so. three seconds later, I was all in. I was like, what? It doesn't. It doesn't. Put, all right, cool. Let's go. And did you cool. notice the guy who was watching, you know, the planes along with us, who uh, dropped the call that he was on to stare yeah. at the planes moving past? Yeah, I definitely made a note of that. And <laughs> he's. Yeah, he's like on the phone. One of the planes lands, the tail hook catches the cable, and it's just, he's never seen anything like this before. I mean, don't you think it would be a requirement if you worked on an aircraft carrier that uh, you do not get distracted by planes? Right. In the middle of combat, you know. Sorry, Admiral. Yeah, just Sorry, like, Admiral. I, 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 I got, uh, I got distracted by a plane. I couldn't deliver your orders. Um, I'm afraid we're about to hit that <laughs> iceberg. Oh my God! So that's how they land. <laughs> wow, they weren't Holy lying shit. to us in training. <laughs> shit. So we got to get a, a, a glimpse of the operations center of the aircraft carrier. Some random officer walks like, hi, hey, Jim. Hey, like talking like, hi, Bob, showing up to work. And we get introduced to Radio Sweaty Guy. Yes, Radio mm -hmm. Sweaty. Our first instance of first sweat. And we're barely two minutes into the movie. Oh, and this takes place now, by the way. Yes, it's present. Yes, as it says, Indian Ocean, present day. So whenever you watch this, this movie's taking place. Yeah, so 2037, <laughs> it's happening right now. If you don't see F-14 Tomcats on the deck of an aircraft carrier, that's on you. You're just looking at aircraft carriers wrong. And so there's like a menacing MiG flying through the air. Ooh, shit's about to get reeled. And But no, it's not a MiG. Okay, so I'm about to start my military nerddom no, right here. This is an, uh, an F-5. This is an American aircraft that they just painted black and put a red star on. So not a MiG. This was right towards the end of the Cold War. It Russia wasn't exactly going to lend us some real MIGs to make a propaganda video movie, rather. What do you mean? This is a sports flick. This is a sports, yeah, but it's <laughs> they they want their side. They they want you know what's his name? Cal Drogo from from Rocky Four. What's his name? No, Ivan Drago. Call Ivan Drago. Drago. <laughs> <laughs> some Shit. I, 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 I put some Game, Game of, of Thrones, Thrones in my Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> Ivan Drago. Uh, I have not seen those those Rockies, and I, I'm a terrible person for not having seen them. So oh, the principal from Back you. to the Future walks in. <laughs> yes, to, yes, to find out, yes. You got a real attitude problem, Maverick. You're a slacker. <laughs> <laughs> he found a niche, and he made, you know did it throughout the '80s. So he comes in and he asks, you know, who's up there. And he said, the, the radio guy says, oh, it's uh, Cougar and Merlin and Maverick and Goose. And he's like, oh, great, Maverick. So clearly doesn't like this Maverick dude. Was I the only one who thought that Goose's call sign has got to be the worst call sign to have as a pilot? Like, I'm Maverick. I'm Iceman. I'm Goose. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling Hong you, Kong. there's all sorts. There's all sorts. <laughs> Let's. Oh man, I wish I had taken the time to like really think about this. Let's see. There was Opie, Bubba, Shady. Like these are people's real call signs from growing up. Right. So, but Goose, Goose you yeah, just you just so think bad. he's about to get cooked. You know. <laughs> it's called foreshadowing. <laughs> Oh, I see what you mean. So here's the thing with call signs. You don't get cool call signs. The fact that Maverick's right. named Maverick is bullshit. So 
actual call signs in the Navy and in other branches, you don't get to pick them. They're given to you, and it's usually a mean nickname based off of something that you fucked up on. With all the subtlety of an elephant in a petting zoo. I mean, Maverick oh, yeah. being a Maverick. I mean, that's... Yeah, but, but, that, but that is movie call signs. Real call signs, you'll get called like Splash because you accidentally dropped your external fuel tanks over the ocean when you weren't supposed to. They're going to take something about you that really sucks and they're going to make that one fuck up yeah. to stick with you for the rest of your aviation career. Or not even that. Or it could be as petty as your appearance. Like I just listed three names. Shady was a tall guy. <laughs> yeah, it's as simple as that. Opie was a redhead. So like Ron Howard from Andy Griffith's show. <laughs> And they can be also be subtly very racist. And I'm, we're going to get into that later. Um, but yeah, you can have some actually as, as recently as 2018, the Navy had to look into racial bias in call signs because minority pilots were getting some really racially insensitive call signs. There's one in this movie. We'll get to it. So the fact that Goose got away with Goose, probably because he's tall and gangly, like yeah. two of us on the podcast. But yeah, that is probably much more accurate than the fact that Ice some Man. Others got cool ones was was then the issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they shouldn't have gotten cool ones because that's not how call signs work. Anyways, the only stipulation is that you have to be able to yell the call sign across a bar and not turn heads. It can't be like you can't call him like turd or, you know, shit face, <laughs> call sign shit face. You can't have that. It's got to be you got to keep it PG. Oh, man. We're up in the air and classic line. Talk to me, goose. Yep. <laughs> First <laughs> instance of talk to me, goose in this movie. So many talking to me gooses in this movie in, in the following sequence that we're about to do what one of the things that i'd like to bring up because it happens quite a lot in this movie i was always told that pilots don't actually look out their window that much for the most part everything is done with instruments but in the, throughout this movie every pilot is like staring out every which way to see where the other plane is that bugged me a little but uh just correct me if i'm wrong I feel like the I mean, if you're looking for a bad guy and you're the pilot, I think you're looking around if you're the guy in the back. So the guy in the back is called a Rio, which I believe is the oh, fuck. I, I looked this up earlier. It's like the radio instruments off. It's something it's something. It, but yeah. Back in World War Two. Yes, you looked out the window, but with the sophisticated <laughs> instruments brought in. Right. So the guy in the back, that's his job. He's the one who's supposed to be looking at the radar and doing electronic warfare, basically letting the pilot do pilot stuff while he he does tech stuff. So why is does Goose constantly look around throughout this movie? Because movie. <laughs> because movie. <laughs> Just put on your damn seatbelt, Goose. This is exactly why what happens to you happens to you. So no. it's it's so an F-14 for folks at home, it's got a guy in the front who's the pilot, guy in the back who's the the Rio, the electronic warfare radio guy. It's a radio instruments officer, something like that. Oh, is definitely officer. And they're they're following this bogey, this MIG. And then all of a sudden, oh shit, there's two of them. They think there's only one, but there's two of them. And one of them gets behind Cougar and Merlin. So Cougar and Merlin are the one team. Merlin is Tim Robbins. Mm-hmm. And Goose Maverick, Maverick, obviously Tom Cruise, and Goose is Anthony Edwards. Yeah, Anthony Edwards, Tim Robbins, two very tall actors. Aren't pilots typically short because of the space in the... Yeah. 
in the cockpit. Usually. Max height, I believe, is 6'5". So I am at okay, the upper so limit of... Made, they just made it as I also well. think because of the G-force, often they even shorten after they've been in the air a few times because of the com- compressors you like. <laughs> I don't know if that's how that's physics works. Not so much works. of a thing. No. Yeah. No. And so one of them gets behind Cougar and Merlin. Maverick gets a missile lock on the other one, gets them to, to fly away to bug out. The one that stays gets missile lock on Cougar and Merlin. And Cougar's like, do I have permission to fire? You mean shoot backwards? I don't think that's how <laughs> missiles work. Like, how are you... You're the one who's got missile lock on you. What? But not only that, he's like, oh my God, he's engaging me. Maverick just engaged the other guy like three fucking seconds ago. This is not, this this isn't a, that's not fair moment. So Maverick kind of figures out that if this Meg was going to shoot at Cougar, he would have done it by now. He's just trying to scare them. And instead of, I don't know, doing things by the book, because he's a Maverick, you know, he does this class, the classic scene, if you've ever seen this, he flies upside down above the other fighter, flips off the pilot, and Goose takes a Polaroid picture. Yeah, that's like his standard equipment is a camera. Yeah, you've got that. I mean, I'm sure pilots have cameras because you want to take mementos, but you're flying upside down. Where are you stowing that? How are you able to get that from where you have stowed it to where you can take a picture and not have it fall down onto the canopy? And you're usually a lot busier, you know, flying the goddamn plane than taking photos of the scenery. Yeah, this is a hostile situation. I mean, again, we're none of us are pilots. None of us know what the fuck we're talking about. This is all just armchair fighter piloting over here. Yeah. I feel that it would have gone against the spirit of the podcast if I'd called a couple people for interviews. <laughs> <laughs> we should absolutely interview your dad. <laughs> And so Maverick's like, gee, I crack myself up. And that make bugs out. But Cougar is really spooked. This is Yeah, Cougar, Cougar is so spooked that he starts furiously masturbating at this point. Really? Just he just sweats like a motherfucker. Just because he sweats, he removes his oxygen mask to give us his O face. It doesn't necessarily mean he's <laughs> just because everything looks like it. <laughs> Okay, John, you bring up mass, and that is something that I also want to talk about. Because it happens all the fucking time in this movie. All the time. On, off, on, off. Like, here's the thing. I'm pretty sure I've seen YouTube videos in the past where fighter pilots talk about this. Your mask stays on. If you're flying the fucking plane, your mask stays on. Not just because of oxygen, because that's where your radio is. Mm -hmm. So if you need to talk to other people, you need to have your fucking mask on. And you don't know if you're going to, like, shoot up to 10,000 feet or come back down. Your mask is on. It's not flapping around but but this movie because they the the actors need you to see their emotions yeah, see their expressions they That's, will yeah. take them off at really weird moments in and order to get very deep breaths yeah very deep breaths or to see how freaked out they are mm-hmm. by having been missile locked by a MIG. It's to let them act, yeah, purely dramatic. That didn't bother me so much. But but as uh, Dunkirk proves, Tom Hardy was able to act the entire time with a mask on. He did it. Why can't you, Cougar? Why can't you? (laughs) I didn't see Dunkirk. 
great movie. Oh, so thing. Maverick's like, hey, we're low on fuel. We're going to fly back to the to the aircraft carrier, Cougar. We'll, we'll see you later. But Cougar just can't get his fucking shit together. He is, you know, he's looking at a picture of his wife and kid and Merlin in the back. He's like, hey, Cougar, we got to go. We're low on fuel, dude. Let's go. But just can't break through. And Maverick is going to land and decides not to because he's going to go back and help Cougar I, or talk him down and disobeys a direct order in the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was really weird. I, I didn't remember Maverick's naval career ending this early in the film. I remember there being a whole <laughs> lot more movie, but but he does. He flies back and he, he talks Cougar down onto the deck. And apparently night landings are the worst. So not only is he in this terrible mental state, he is landing under less than ideal conditions, but he manages to do it. And we're now in the captain's office, which is principal from Back to the Future. I'm going to have to, I once again, be a military nerd here, but he has the wrong rank on him. Oh, really? I was yes, more distracted does. by Cougar still wearing a class ring. He was wearing a class ring? It's what it looks like, and Iceman has them later. <laughs> like, everyone has these giant fat rings with a big jewel on it. I don't know if this is a flight school thing or what, but I don't recall anyone wearing jewelry around bases. Yeah, or maybe they all just decided, hey, we're buddies on this movie. We're all going to get rings to remember. Well, again, it's a sports movie and they're the jocks, so they've got the class ring. It is. It's like the Super Bowl. Top Gun is the Super Bowl of being a fighter pilot. There we go. Supposedly, the captain has the wrong rank on him. The rank is commander, (laughs) which is the rank below captain in the Navy. That's fantastic. So commanders do command ships, but they command certain submarines. They'll command destroyers. But if you are the top dude on an aircraft carrier, you are a captain. You are an 06. You're supposed to have the Eagle rank insignia, which he doesn't. Also, there's a picture of the MiGs, but in the U.S. Navy configuration on his wall. So the things that are supposed to be MiGs, he's got it as like the, oh, here's a plane that we fly. It's nuts. <laughs> so Cougar comes in to talk to, to the captain and again, drenched in sweat. I, 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 it was just so all over the place. I just someone turn on the AC or something. I'm pretty sure there's AC on these ships, <laughs> but doesn't affect these guys. They are sweaty as fuck. You think they bought the face sweat by the uh, by the barrel for this movie shoot and they just had to get through it? They must have mixed it with glycerin or something, but it is globular. Movie fake sweat is glycerin and water. Yeah, that's, that's what I figured what, it was. That's literally what it is. And you just put it in a spray bottle and that's it. That's literally what you use from a background in effects. Yeah, that's that's what I figured it was. I'm glad. Thanks for confirming that. So he turns in his wings because he was spooked. He's, he's he never seen his kid before and he just doesn't want to die. And I don't think, th- I, again, none of us are in the military. I feel like that's not how quitting being a fighter pilot it works. Yeah, that was my note too. It, you just retire? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure you signed a contract for X number of years and if they want you to be a pilot, you're going to be able like if you're not a pilot anymore, that's not a decision that you make. That's a decision your command makes. But again, none of us know how this works, but that just felt like a weird thing to do. 
Well, they're in the middle of the Indian Ocean, so he's got a few weeks to sit there and think about what he did. <laughs> he does. So then Goose and Maverick come in, and they get chewed out for disobeying a direct order, and list, uh, Captain lists all, well, Commander, I'm just going to call him the Commander, because he just, if you're not going to wear the Captain rank, you're not going to be called Captain. And all the shit that they've done, including Maverick boning some Admiral's daughter. We got a, one really great line, followed by a second and unintentionally great line for me. The great line is, your ego's running checks your body can't cash, which is a fantastic line. It's a famous line and I've never understood it. I know, me neither, but it works. It works so well. But then he follows <laughs> that He follows that up with, I'd like to bust your butt, but I can't, which uh, begins this movie's great, awesome relationship with the Navy and their desire for butts. Yes, there, there's a secret butt fetish subplot <laughs> in this film. Can you call it a secret when it's yelled so often? <laughs> I probably can't. That was that was the wrong word to use. <laughs> and so despite all the insubordination, despite all the bullshit, the commander says, I've got to give you your dream shot. No, you don't. You are his commanding officer. You could pick someone else for this, but he says that he's got to send somebody to Top Gun. And because Cougar quit, it's now them. So how did Merlin get there? To where? Top Gun. He didn't get to Top Gun. I'm pretty sure I saw him throughout the movie. No, he it, wasn't is, there. He's just at the end then? No, he was in the beginning and he, the end. Yeah, he was not at Top Gun. And again, another installment of John really pays attention to the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut to... Miramar, California, which is in the San Diego area, and Maverick is speeding down the roll the road in his motorcycle, watching F-14s take off. And Highway to the Danger Zone plays again. You're goddamn right it does. <laughs> Fuck yeah. And now we're in the, the Top Gun classroom, and John, as you said, they explained to us why Top Gun was created. It's Michael Ironside playing Jester, that is his call sign. I would like to point out that with a name like Michael Ironside, he had to be in this movie just so his name could be on the credits. There's nothing better for a Top Gun than Ironside being in your credits. So crazy story about him. One of the behind the scenes things on Blu-ray. He was walking around wherever they were filming this in his Navy uniform for the film. And he got saluted <laughs> by somebody. He somebody can he convinced <laughs> some support. I'd salute I him. Believe I would salute him. him. I, I honestly, if I saw him on the street, I, I wouldn't even care if he was wearing a uniform. I'd still salute him. <laughs> So he explains the reason why Top Gun was created was because kill ratios were getting really bad during Vietnam because people were relying too much on missiles and they started Top Gun and the kill to death ratio for American fighter pilots got a lot better. And then he talks about dogfighting and uh, one of the pilots tells everyone that he's getting a hard on. And then is replied, don't tease me. <laughs> Yeah, no, he, he doesn't sit to the room. He like leans, he leans so over the guy his, next yeah. to him gets real close, like uncomfortably or comfortably close, depending on who you are, and just says, yeah, this gives me a hard on. Don't and uh, a dude's got his arm around Val Kilmer. I mean, this is, we get into the homoerotic stuff. Mm, gotta get nice and close. <laughs> and so we get introduced to the commanding officer of Top Gun, a Viper, played by Tom Skerritt. And fun fact about the call sign Viper, Viper was the actual call sign of the military advisor that they hired for the film. Nice touch. 
Yeah, nice little, nice little touch there. So while Viper is kind of telling them about the the expectations of them, like what they're going to be going through. Repeating what we learned in the text credits, basically, at the beginning of the movie. Well, that was Michael Ironside. He's, you know, like X number of weeks of training. You're going to be evaluated. But like, that's the kind of stuff that Viper talks about. And while he's doing this, Val Kilmer, who plays Iceman, is looking at Tom Cruise, looking at Maverick, and doing some really aggressive pen twirling a really weird dominance move in his direction i just wish i could twirl a pen like that and like make it flip through your fingers and back i, I don't have that coordination yeah i was just too distracted by the guy who had his arm around bell kilmer as if you know <laughs> this is my boyfriend why this are you flirting my, with that guy <laughs> if he had peed on him to mark him as his territory he would not have been out of place in this film <laughs> And so Viper introduces the Top Gun trophy for the best fighter team. And no, that's not a real thing. That is a bullshit thing they made up for the movie. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there is no Top Gun trophy because uh, as the fighter pilots who they interviewed for the behind the scenes said, if you made a Top Gun trophy, we would all just be crashing into each other because everyone would be trying to win it. Because they're all, you know, egomaniac, alpha male kind of people. And they made it up for the film. The writer said, yeah, I made it up for the film. There had to be some sort of stakes for them being there. I didn't give a shit that it was not a real thing. So, yeah, there is no such thing as a Top Gun trophy. But there is in the movie, so we're going to have to acknowledge it. And there's a second place one. Yeah, but it's in the ladies' room. Oh, I love Goose. Yeah, Goose Goose laughs like a goose. I think we found out why he got his call sign. (laughs) Maybe, maybe. But it's just that, oh, you're so unfunny, sarcastic laugh. Yeah. Which is the exact response. It's the perfect response to that line. (laughs) Right. And here's the thing. This is going to be a consistent thing throughout the movie. The shit talking is really bad <laughs> really bad like oh yeah the second place trophies in the late and i think it's because the navy said no you can't actually say that because they probably had some real stuff from hanging out with fighter pilots like no you can't say that because you're gonna make the navy look terrible we want to appeal to the gay community not to the vulgar community no <laughs> So now we move to a bar. All the fighter pilots are going out to this bar on base. And it's animal night for some reason. It's animal night. Yeah, there's a sign out front saying it is animal night. And they walk in, <laughs> Goose and Maverick. And That's how Goose was able to get in. Just <laughs> <laughs> he just honked at the, at the bouncer. Never gets acknowledged, the whole big sign saying animal night. It just... <laughs> It's very subtle, but and by the way, when you get inside, there are no animals. There's nothing animal themed. Nobody's wearing an animal costume. No animal themed cocktails, as far as I could tell. But it is animal night. No, they just cut to a woman in a dress. Yeah, they just cut to a woman in a dress. Goose and Maverick walk in, and Maverick's like, "Well, this is what I call a target-rich environment." Because of all the sailors. Obviously. Ah. Everyone's there in their whites. Everyone's in their whites, which is a very specifically Navy uniform. Iceman is wearing sunglasses at night inside. He has insanely strong indoor sunglasses (laughs) game. I know. (laughs) Drinking his ice water. (laughs) They're aviators. Aviators, look, they are fucking cool. This movie helped sell aviators, but where they are being worn in this scene is kind of douchey. Yeah. Wearing sunglasses 
is indoors is not cool. It's just not. So quick side note, since we're at the bar, apparently after this movie, a lot of people in the military pretended to be Top Gun instructors to get laid. So there's apparently only like 18, 19 actual Top Gun instructors. And after this movie came out, one of the admirals who they interviewed was like, yeah, after this movie came out, there were 600 Top Gun instructors. He went to the bar where the Top Gun instructors hung out and a lot of so-called instructors. And he called this one guy out and it was a guy in the Coast Guard who had bought the uniform <laughs> so he could go out to this bar and get laid. <laughs> Does that count as stolen valor? Maybe, maybe not. But a lot of people had sex with fake Top Gun instructors <laughs> in the it, mid to late 80s. Role playing? Non-consensual role playing, but <laughs> no. yes, in a way, in a way. So we meet Slider, who is Iceman's Rio, his, the guy who sits behind him, who hasn't shaved. He's got some <laughs> major stubble, which I don't think the military allows. You can either have like a really thin mustache or you got to be clean shaven and he is neither. He didn't have time. He was too busy helping Ice get ready. <laughs> they had a long talk about their relationship. It was, you know. And so he knows Goose and he says, whose ass did you have to kiss to get here? And God damn, Anthony Edwards is perfect for this role. The list is long, but distinguished. And Slater's <laughs> like, yeah, so is my Johnson. Who the fuck calls their dick a Johnson? That's like, who's ever we said that? We cut off your Johnson, Lebowski. <laughs> I think this was the last movie where they used that. <laughs> He's Johnson. So Iceman comes up and start like again the weirdest shit talking between him and Maverick. It's like really plain, like what they're saying is very innocuous, but the way they deliver it, there's clearly a rivalry. So they talk some shit and they leave. And Goose has such a great like they were abused as children. God, Goose is fantastic. I nominate Anthony Edwards as the best actor in this movie. That is just me. So Goose bets Maverick. 20 bucks that he can't fuck someone at the bar. He's basically, you have to fuck someone here at the bar. That is the bet for $20. And so Maverick spots Kelly McGillis, who's going to be the love interest in this movie. And Maverick just goose and says, hey, uh, I think she's lost that loving feeling. And Goose's reaction is like, oh, God damn it. No, I hate it when she does that. <laughs> because we cut into this, again, a very iconic scene where Tom Cruise, Maverick and Goose serenade Kelly McGillis with the song You've Lost That Loving Feeling. And then the entire bar knows to join in. Everyone. I know. I've never understood this scene. It doesn't make never any this. sense. An entire building full of people start scream singing drunkenly at this one woman. It's ludicrously choreographed. I mean, he would have had to have spoken with every single sailor in that room before he started this thing. Yeah, but apparently it's Navy pilot code that if some pilot is trying to serenade some girl at a bar, you better jump in. Yeah. And sing with Navy him. code because these guys are not from the same squad. They're from all over the fucking country. And yet oh they instinctively God. know that if someone starts singing to a stranger, you got to better you help them. Goddamn better start singing. And this works yes. because Kelly McGillis says, sit down. It works ish. 
also apparently Iceman is not the only one wearing sunglasses because <laughs> the one black dude in the squadron is also wearing some aviators, some really shiny silver ones. And decides he's going to try and get on in there. He's going to keep the song going. Yeah, but for reasons, it doesn't lead to anything, but he keeps singing something. Maverick chats with Kelly McGillis, trying to impress her with the fact that he's a fighter pilot. And Tom Cruise, throughout this film, cannot talk to Kelly McGillis without smirking. Without smirking or looking like he's about to burst out laughing. Is that just me? Uh, there's uh, there's like maybe two scenes later, or much later in the movie where he doesn't. But yeah, that's pretty much I do the, feel like, yeah, uh, Tom Cruise's teeth does play a key role in this movie. Oh, yeah. It is absolutely part of his mating <laughs> strategy. So doesn't work because she leaves him for a friend that she was there to meet up with. And one of the few times we see Maverick's ego deflated, he's like, oh, man, I'm going to need a beer to put out these flames. And then he follows her to the ladies yeah. room. Gets arrested for stalking, <laughs> and again, I did not remember the movie being this short. Oh, wait, no, that's not it. He charms her into lying charms to Charms her. Within sort of two seconds, we have Maverick talking to himself and walking into the ladies' room. My note was he's one bedwetting away from being institutionalized right then and there. <laughs> And it wasn't even, a, I didn't see any sinks in there. I didn't see any toilet stalls. It just looked like a place where they kept towels. <laughs> I mean, I, I got to ask any lady listener, does a guy following you into a bathroom ever work under any circumstances ever? Yeah, because she's joking about, oh yeah, do you want to fuck on the floor? Do you want to fuck on the counter He's here? He's like, yeah, counter's like, good, gives it a nice tug. It was crazy yeah, this, creepy. Yeah, this could support it our weight. crazy creepy. And again, shoots him down, kind of like, no, not interested. But somehow is a total bro, because as she walks out, she looks to Goose and said, your friend was incredible. I don't recall him mentioning the bet. As Mav just swaggers up and Goose is like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, he was just pretending to zip his pants up, just like he, you know, put them back on. So yeah, you shot this guy down twice, but you're going to pretend you fucked him to help him impress his buddies. What the fuck is this movie? So now we're in a classroom, but it's a hangar classroom. And the the guy who was the military advisor apparently said, hey, Jerry Bruckheimer, uh, you know, we have like really nice classrooms and we would never hold a class in a hangar. And apparently Jerry Bruckheimer's like, yeah, but mom and pop in Oklahoma would expect to see classroom in a hangar <laughs> with an American flag draped. And apparently during this scene, the, the military advisor had to, you know, because the fighter pilots there knew it'd be like, no, no, guys, 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 like, I, I know this is bullshit. I know this is bullshit. I'm just trying to get them to not turn this into a musical <laughs> at this point. I imagine there's like this fuck up on the base who's a private or, you know, whatever. And he's the one who has to wheel the chalkboard out to the hangar for classes every day. Yeah, that's 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 his job. <laughs> Jester explains that they have civilian instructors because supposedly civilians are their very best resource yeah. on enemy aircraft. Fucking what? Yeah, again, <laughs> civilians are the best at foreign intel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I guess naval intelligence can go fuck themselves right. is what I'm hearing. Yeah, they, I thought Ironside. they had their own department too. All right. I mean, there are people like the Rand Corporation that do things like this, but really better than your own people okay and apparently this advisor is going to be one of their instructors she's a civilian but she has a call sign right 
why does a civilian get a call sign? And why is it Charlie? <laughs> because civilians are the enemy and we can't recognize that she's a woman. And, and Alpha <laughs> and Bravo were taken. <laughs> They were. So yeah, so Kelly McGillis is Charlie. So Maverick's like, oh, fuck. I was talking shit to this lady, trying to fuck her in the bathroom, but she's my teacher. I'm hot for teacher. <laughs> Got it back. Well, he seems, he seems to be turned Got on by this fact because they have this exchange and it's a, it's a whole, you know, who's got authority here, you know? I simply just wrote, this is flirting? Apparently, this is flirting. So she talks about how the F5 doesn't have the same performance as the MiG-28, even though the F5 is the airplane they are using <laughs> in this film as the MiG-28. So I'm sorry, Charlie. They have the exact same fucking performance. In this world, in present day. Yeah, so what is the F5? A fucking hand-cranked, I don't know, Leonardo da Vinci plane? Who the fuck knows? This performance talk is all about sex, by the way. <laughs> it is all about sex. So yeah, he basically corrects her about the performance thing because he tells her about the, the uh, upside-down flying. And Iceman just coughs bullshit and apparently that was an improvised moment from Val Kilmer that was not in the script he just did it and they kept it in so this being that it's all about sex makes it all the more uncomfortable when Goose starts talking about his photography skills <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah I have Polaroids I got a picture. That was a great picture, man. You got a great picture. Of that. Maybe he likes to take pictures of geese, but not the bird, if you know what I mean. That's why he's called Goose. No. Well, that's no, the thing. I'm not I mean, sure what that I'm talking means. about dicks, John. I'm talking Once about we transition dicks. to the next scene, we, you know, it opens with a line, he's on our tail coming hard. <laughs> Yes, it does. But yeah, so Charlie is turned on by all this MIG talk. Like, she's fucking into it. And again, Tom Cruise, Maverick cannot talk to Charlie without smirking. And she chases him down a hallway later and says he really wants to hear about his this, this MIG. And he basically says, well, you got a security clearance. You can read read all about it. You don't need me. To... Yeah, now he's playing yeah, hard he's to playing get. He's playing hard to get. Because apparently after you go into a, the women's bathroom, you can play hard to get after that. <laughs> That's that's actually uh Yeah, even though you're reality. really easy to get. <laughs> yeah. So he bumps into Iceman. Iceman kind of calls out Maverick for not covering Cougar while doing his stunt. And Iceman, despite the fact that he's a giant dick, is mostly right throughout the entire film about Maverick and kind of how mm -hmm. shitty he is as a team player. So finally, we get some more flying. They now go up for a training mission. They are up against Jester, and they do some flying. Really great, you know, great photography on this flying. Yeah, that's one thing I definitely have to compliment as well, is that, you know, I know said that all these moves are not that cool looking, but they, they look cool looking to me. <laughs> I think I honestly think the flying, the flying shots were gorgeous. No, they're very cool looking. They're just tactically useless. They're just not, it's not good if you actually want a dogfight, but it's really cool if you want to make Right. A movie. So Jester gets behind them, and John, I think this is what you were saying is total bullshit because Maverick's like, I'm going to hit the brakes, <laughs> and he hits the brakes, and he <laughs> goes gonna... straight up and makes Jester fly past them. Which is a maneuver. You're just not hitting the brakes. <laughs> yeah, it's not a car. It's to make it accessible to people who don't know aviation. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Jester goes below what is called the hard deck. 
And basically the hard deck is a, an altitude that you cannot go below. And the reason why they do it is to simulate the actual ground. As in, if you fly below the hard deck, you have just crashed your plane into the ground. And they made it 10,000 feet because it's it's a lot safer than making the hard deck lower than that. There's a little more wiggle room for error. But Maverick goes below the hard deck to get a lock on Jester and he kills him in big quotation marks. Which he wasn't supposed to do, but he feels like he was justified in doing it. And now Maverick wants to buzz the tower, mm-hmm. which is a big fucking no-no in this movie <laughs> and in real life. You are not allowed to buzz the tower a Top Gun ever. But Maverick's like, Goose's like, hey, Mav, not a good idea, dude. And Maverick's like, sorry, Goose, gotta do it. No, you don't. And he's specifically told not to, not just by, by the Goose. Tower. Yeah, he calls the tower. like, you know, pa- tower request flyby. Famous movie quote, he's a negative Ghost Rider. The pattern is full. And the pattern is full. I mean, I'm not sure of exactly of the technical nature of this, but it's basically there are too many planes in the airspace taking off and landing. So for him to fly by when the pattern is full is fucking reckless. So he's been uh, institutionalized already and uh, now criminal charges um, are going to start kicking in, right? Yeah, he's about to have a midair collision with some poor bastard who's just trying to take off. And what's really funny, so when I was saying that this is a big no-no in real life, the pilot who got to buzz the tower for this shot was fucking stoked. <laughs> the real life pilot was like, oh, fuck, oh, I get I to bet. buzz the tower. He's like, I get to buzz the tower for all the guys who never got to buzz the tower. So buzzes the tower, classic seed. The guy in the tower spills coffee over himself because the shockwave from the engine kind of ruffles things around. He's like, God damn it. And as they fly away, uh, Goose foreshadows a song he's going to sing later in the movies. He goes, Great Balls of Fire. Very, very just insightful writing. Yes. There are a lot of beautiful balls in this movie. A lot of balls Balls and and butts. And butts. As we're about to get to the butts. (laughs) (laughs) So we're in the locker room. And as we were mentioning earlier, because this is actually a sports movie, and Goose is sweating like a motherfucker once again. Uncredited character in this film. And this is the point at which Maverick and Iceman have their romantic sexual tension moment, right? Because my note was they really (laughs) need to get into a cockpit and just bang this out. My note was what? No kissing? (laughs) Yeah. Because Iceman comes in because Iceman's the one who shot down Jester without going below the hard deck. He actually did it right. And he calls out Maverick. Again, Iceman talks a lot of shit to Maverick, but he's right every single time. He goes on being right as the movie goes on as well. Oh yeah. At every fucking moment. There is no reason for any of us to be rooting for Maverick other than... We met him first. (laughs) Yeah, we met him first. (laughs) And he calls him out for being dangerous. And once again, we get more terrible smack talk, which is actually flirtation. It's like, yeah, you're dangerous. He's like, yeah, that's right. I am dangerous. Ice. Man, he like lightly brushes Iceman's shoulder. He like shoulder. brushes his shoulder. Yeah, what the fuck <laughs> was that about? Like, did he accidentally spit on him? Just gonna, sorry, man. Sorry, man. Sorry, you just got a little strand there. Okay, okay. That was just really bothering me. <laughs> Very touchy-feely. There's still a little bit of strider <laughs> left on <laughs> But then Iceman gives Maverick a, like a seductive bite. Like, 
airbite? What? He was too busy twirling his pens, and there was this gnat that was bothering him in front of his face. I swear, there is a separate movie within this movie about the relationship between Iceman (laughs) and his co-pilot, that they're in a relationship, and he keeps flirting with Maverick. It's an open relationship. It's open, yeah. Well, it may not be open. It just could be that the other guy gets off on seeing him flirt with him. Oh, of course, yeah. And then later, they just... He he tells him just what a bad boy he's been. (laughs) Right. So now we're outside Viper's office. Oh, this bit. This bit is so good. I wrote it down word for word. The guy starts yelling, I want somebody's butt and I want it now. And then subsequently says, after he leaves the office, he gets more coffee spilled on him. And he says, that's twice. I want some butts. And I swear, these are are posters taken directly out of the gay pride parade. I swear to you. I know. I want some I want butts. some butts and I want it now. That's twice. And that's twice. That's twice. <laughs> I want some butts. And the sailor who's holding the coffee that he bumps into is one of the craziest looking human beings I have ever seen. He has this bowl cut with a mustache, but he's really scrawny and tight. It was weird. He's a crazy looking person. You should absolutely go back. I had to do a double take to see if it was uh, Baywatch's very own Guido. (laughs) I know! (laughs) Oh man, we need more Guido in movies. But it turns out that this isn't Viper's office because he comes out and he tells them to follow him and then they go to another office. So whose office were they in? Were they in the air traffic controller guy's office? Then why wasn't the air traffic controller guy behind the desk? They're just crazy. I, the, the the logistics of this sequence the are guy bizarre. Butts, Nick. I think I think I think we got you. He needed, needed butts. butts, and he was going to his office to get some butts. They filmed the scene in Viper's office already, and then realized they didn't have a transition to get there. But then it was already <laughs> off limits. Entirely possible. And so they just had to go to a new place. Entirely possible so in viper's real office maybe who the fuck knows uh (laughs) viper tells them that basically they don't follow the rules they're out and he does this while dramatically looking out the window yeah he says the rules of top gun are not flexible and neither am i so don't do it again i'm just gonna yeah i'm I'm not flexible except for this one time safety is of absolute paramount rules breaking will not be tolerated all right see you tomorrow he had to be talking about sexual positions i'm not i'm not flexible i can only do it like two or three different ways and uh and that's how we're gonna how we're gonna keep it i am so sorry to everybody in the navy for us continuing to perpetuate the stereotype about your branch i frown on instructor student intercourse no matter no matter what no matter how consensual they leave the office and again because anthony edwards is an incredible actor as goose he's like yeah that was great thanks mef yeah that was that was fucking awesome yeah maybe i can learn how to be a truck driver you got a name of that uh, truck school that we'd seen on that it just delivers the lines beautifully. There's the old cliche I won't let you down and then lets him down cliche. <laughs> right but we also learn after they leave that Viper flew with this old man so he flew with Maverick's dad and he asks Oh yeah we get that mm-hmm. great cliche as well. Yeah. I was the only one there who knew what happened. But he asked Jester you know if you, if you had to go in the battle would you want to take him with you and Jester's like I, I don't know and the obvious answer is no he's a shit team player and you kind of need people 
to be on the same page when you fly into battle. I feel like that is a big part of just any military. You know what I almost endeavor. feel though is that the two movies that sort of satire that rip on this movie, one of them's Hot Shots and the other's uh, Airplane. And uh, because I've watched those two movies, I, I feel like you know so much of it just feels more hilarious on this watch through. The <laughs> I'm sorry, but what are you on? In where Airplane came after Top Gun? Oh, yeah, what well, the Airplane was. <laughs> the 70s <laughs> no, hot shots for sure yeah yeah hot, hot shots, shots for sure it's it's plot is a direct but, uh, yeah. but yeah it's the it's the old <laughs> i flew with your dad and he wasn't a terrible pilot plot line which was be, if it's being parodied by a movie prior to it you know something's terribly <laughs> terribly cliche it's, it's it. more of just a trope it's more of just a trope of there's this stain on the family legacy but there's this one guy who was there exactly. and knew the truth Right. So we find out about that stain in the in the following scene where Goose goes over to Maverick's place and basically asks him to knock the shit off because, you know, hey, I, I don't want to I got a family to think about. I don't want to get kicked out of Top Gun. And we learn that Maverick didn't get into the Naval Academy because of his father's reputation. And I'm not sure that's how Naval Academy admissions work. And we also learn that this is bullshit yeah. later in the movie. We're not going to spoil it now, but this, this whole beat yeah, is utterly fucking meaningless that whole yeah <laughs> and maverick listens to him he's like okay yeah you know promises to do better and he says you're the only family i have and now it is classroom time and this classroom time is brought to you by pepsi <laughs> oh my god i have the same note <laughs> crash and burn amf brought to you by brought pepsi. to you by pepsi yes <laughs> And Charlie's yeah. there. She's overseeing classroom time. And again, Tom Cruise cannot help but smirk at fucking Kelly McGillis. Just he that is how he interacts with her face to face. And Maverick tries to flirt with her again. And she's like, no, I don't date students. But then she very conspicuously drops her address on his desk. Yeah. And somehow Slider, who's Iceman's Rio, doesn't see that, even though he's sitting right in front of them, paying attention to the whole thing. And as Maverick's try to walk away he's got a, a model airplane that they use for demonstrations like oh, crashed and burn mav mm-hmm. this is shit talk apparently shit talk no, is about shit to talk is what comes the right best after. comeback in movie yeah. history is coming nick if you please oh my god of all time yes he leans over slider maverick and he sniffs him very conspicuously says hey slider you stink Snap. Oh, sick burn in your hair. Ow. And Slider mm, is so self-conscious. He smells his armpit. Yeah, he smells it's himself as if. You feel it in the air tonight. <laughs> I know. But A, it got a smile out of the only black dude in the squadron. So that was something, I guess. <laughs> Black guy approves. Black guy approves of this joke. And then we get <laughs> the infamous volleyball scene. And rewatching it, oh I have God. to say, this scene adds absolutely nothing to this movie plot wise. There, there is absolutely Not no a reason for thing. this scene to be in this movie except for the man muscles and the that is what it's there for that is like and i think tony scott in interviews admits to it as much that it's just there it it doesn't further the rivalry between maverick and iceman it doesn't add anything to the plot it is literally there for shirtless dudes to play volleyball they just they try to have something with him arriving late you know to the date that he'd made but it's just there's nothing just absolutely nothing oh the one thing this scene tells me 
is that Goose is a committed man because he is the only person with a shirt on. He's the only True. one with a shirt on. And also, Maverick plays in jeans. <laughs> he plays beach volleyball in blue jeans. Like a psychopath. He, hey, motorcycle. Motorcycle yeah. rider. Doesn't matter. Psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking psycho. There's another reason why I'm going to call him a psychopath later, but that this is one. Well, we're about to get another another crime to add to his long list of crimes and mental activity. But a quick music note about this scene. All this is happening to Kenny Loggins playing with the boys. <laughs> So this is a song he actually did write, and he wrote it for this scene. Specifically, there was apparently a cattle call of different bands to write music for the movie. And so to get on, everyone was going to like write something for some uh, like cool jet stuff. And he's like, no, what I'm going to do to make them pick me is I'm going to write a song for this volleyball scene. And that's what's going to make me stick out. And it worked. That is how Kenny Loggins got onto this movie. Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So Maverick won't play a tiebreaker game because he needs to go to Charlie's house now. Mm -hmm. And you're right, Jules. No <laughs> narrative function to the scene. Nothing. So he gets on his motorcycle. We start kind of hearing the Take My Breath Away music and in the background. this an eternity. The, the, the song just yeah. keeps going. There's, there's just no stopping point for it. It just keeps going and keeps going. But it's, yeah, it's like five minutes of him driving to her house, trying to go in the front door. The front door's not open, so he's got to go around the back to try to get through the... Yeah, just yeah he's got a We can, we can add trespassing happened. to his list of crimes at this point. Trespass. No, no, he's expected. <laughs> also, the balls of him to show up to what is ostensibly a date. Yes. Not having showered after a very sweaty volleyball game. He shows up late, no less. He comes late. And the one of the first things he asks is if he can go take a shower at her place. <laughs> the fucking balls i mean i'm clearly doing dating wrong coming showered <laughs> and dressed for the occasion i am clearly doing and, my whole and you don't you don't go into wrong. women's bathrooms you know it's uh yeah i apparently just don't show up to their place and ask to take a shower while i mean i just think if anyone volleyball. took dating advice from this movie they, they would be they would be a sexual criminal <laughs> She busts his balls when he comes in. Because he comes in, you know, kind of ragged. She's like, oh, what? No singing? Because, you know, <laughs> serenaded her. God, she busts his balls. And she says, no, you can't go take a shower because I'm hungry. And also, she's, I guess, kind of a freak. And she likes them unwashed. Who the fuck? Well, then, uh, <laughs> then this in the subsequent Get scene, we have um, a uh, casual parrot that's not explained. Oh, yeah, I she, has a, she has a parrot in There's the cage parrot? behind her for no reason. Just, just oh. casual parrot. Yeah. <laughs> As one does, yeah. <laughs> Julian continuing his tradition of finding secret birds <laughs> in films. Yeah, we had a chicken, then yeah. a cock, and now a parrot. There you go. I use movie watching as an excuse for bird watching. And so outside over dinner, she basically admits that the, the whole thing with him and the Mig turned her on. That's why he's there. And also that she's due for a big promotion, so she's not going to be around for much longer. So kind of implying like, hey, we can just fuck a lot and then I'm gone. You don't have to worry about this turned into a long term thing. Yeah, but also Top Gun School's what, like a, what What did they say earlier? Something of Well, a in the movie, it's five weeks, but I think it's it later in real life, it is nine weeks. Either way, you're only going to know each other for two months. <laughs> Tops. 
And again, the balls on this guy after showing up late, (laughs) not having showered, not having gotten dressed up. He gives Charlie shit about not having poured wine. Like, holy shit. So we cut to later and we learn that his mom died shortly after his dad, who died in Vietnam, 1965. And apparently whatever happened to him over there was his fault. And he doesn't believe the official story. He's like, you know, my old man was a great pilot. And how the fuck could you possibly well, know is that? that? Everyone, no one knows about his dad, but I thought his dad had a bad reputation. It's it, very inconsistent what his, his dad thing was actually about. It is. It takes a wild 90 degree turn later in the movie. But apparently hearing about his family and him being the worst date ever is enough for her to break her rule about mm-hmm. dating students. Because she's like, well, this is going to be complicated. And he's like, I'm going to go take a shower and he leaves (laughs) like usually all this this kind of thing is like the prelude to some hanky panky and nope he's gonna go take a shower back at his place The, the whole relationship is very confusing it is very confusing, and it's about to get even more confusing because we cut... Well, again, it's they're not going to see each other in, like, six more weeks. <laughs> right. So back at Top Gun, Maverick walks into an elevator, and Charlie's in there in a crazy outfit. We've seen her in very professional, feminine attire, and she's in a bomber jacket and a ball cap, and she's got a, an official Navy pin on there. Like, are you allowed to have that? You're, you're a civilian. I think what happened... And after the date, she realized she needed the butch up Obviously. for him. Yeah. Oh, you're doing the Quentin Tarantino thing. Yeah. So uh, there is an answer to this, but I want to come back to this scene when we talk about the sex scene later, because the, the, the reason for the craziness of this outfit, there's a reason for it, a production reason for it. But we'll get into that. But everyone remember this outfit because it is it connects to the sex scene later. And basically, she has to reiterate that. Oh, and by the way, yeah, Maverick's like drenched from having taken a shower. Again, just sweat and globules <laughs> as a character. And she tries to reiterate that, you know, hey, she doesn't really normally let bring students over and she wants to keep things kind of discreet. Like, yeah, you kind of made the point last night, but I guess we have to reiterate all that. And we get the stranger interrupts a conversation in an elevator cliche. And after the senior officer leaves, Maverick says very flirtatiously, well, glad we got that straight. And did they kiss? I forget if they kissed or not. I feel like... Well, my note was there is nothing straight about this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I was... (laughs) You took the words right out of my mouth, buddy. Just that was my whole point. Oh, man. Well, that didn't work. Get a jacket, get a baseball cap, be one of the boys with him. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that whatever movie Quentin Tarantino was in, yeah, he gives this whole theory about how oh, this is all gay. Alley. Yeah, this there's a movie with Quentin Tarantino where he talks about this, about this whole theory. And I see, yeah, because you lost me when when you went Tarantino. Yeah, yeah. This. No, what, no, he's Quentin Tarantino. I don't know whether it's a movie he made, but he's he's in a movie as a character and he's discussing the homoerotic undertones of Top Gun, and he brings up this scene in this dress as a part of it. Hmm. Uh, so now Maverick and Goose are picking up Goose's wife and kid from the airport. Goose's wife played by I, Meg I did Ryan. a double take. I said, Meg Ryan, where the hell's she been? She was, she was, oh yeah. She's too good to be just this small bit part in this movie. Oh, oh, really? She hadn't blown up yet. Oh. 
it was very early in the career, um, but I put in as a contender against Anthony Edwards for best performance in this movie. She just has yeah. substantially yeah. fewer scenes, but she's got some pretty damn important ones. She does, but she's bubbly. She's got a southern drawl, and honestly, I want to see the Goose and Meg Ryan <laughs> sitcom. <laughs> That's what I want to see. They got great energy. They got great chemistry. Yeah. That w- that is the yeah. spin-off, like a prequel spin-off. Cleaning up after Maverick. <laughs> she doesn't have Goose a name. It's just Goose and Meg. <laughs> just Goose and Meg. Goose and yeah, Meg. Meg Ryan. I'm just going to call her now Meg I Ryan. Now I want to say Meg Ryan yeah. and a literal goose. <laughs> goose. Did you forget to do <laughs> the dishes again? <laughs> Ryan and the goose. Together they solve crime. <laughs> <laughs> but the goose is actually the tidy one and she's the slob. <laughs> Just the goose in an apron, or like trying to with a feather duster, but like, the feather duster is just his wing. Grabbing with his beak and like folding laundry. And sh- Anyways, uh, so we find out that uh, Goose basically tells Meg Ryan everything. So she walks in, apropos of nothing, just says, oh, so I hear that uh, you're in love with one of your instructors. And Go- Maverick's like, what the fuck, bro? Like walks off. He's like, oh, come on. She like, says to his wife, why'd you tell him that? Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if he didn't tell her which one? <laughs> Or that they had a woman there. <laughs> Plot twist, he's actually in love with Tom Skerritt. That mustache, I mean. <laughs> that stash. And he's not nearly as scary as Ironside. <laughs> and then my notes in all caps are, holy shit, what the fuck are these computers? Because oh, yeah. we are now in a room with the li- highest computer technology that 1986 <laughs> has to offer. <laughs> It's Pong level graphics, computer graphics that they got going. Oh my God. It is the Atari 2600. <laughs> but it's in color. It's in color. It's It looks like the virtual boy dropped acid. That is what these graphics it's those, look like. It's those triangles, those old school triangles that just trying to give the illusion of 3D, but it just looks so awful. So awful. So basically it's a computer that's tracked their movements and they're kind of debriefing after another one of these training exercises and charlie is really criticizing maverick's maneuvers even though he won he actually managed to get behind the enemy and destroy them yeah serious cockpit block is what i put (laughs) i i had that the 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 exercise they're critiquing is not the footage of the jets we were just shown right but i oh wait was there a shot of jets before this it was just like a quick like as a transition sort of thing okay there there wasn't like an extended training sequence but we see a few flights going on and then they're just talking about and critiquing the maneuver and it's totally not what we just saw right it's sort of vaguely related and this fucking puts a bee in maverick's bonnet he does not like being criticized but slider compliments him and he like kind of like taps he's like Hey man, gutsiest move I ever saw. And so after this computer room, well, well I think scene, we should acknowledge which... that Slider has officially made it clear that he's open to a three-way now. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Or at least I've been <laughs> assessing your maneuvers. Goose showed me the photo album. I like Some how of you the maneuver. Best I've ever seen. And so Maverick pouts like a scolded child. He leaves the room yes. and he goes away and Charlie chases after him. And I'd never, I've seen this movie so many times. I'd never noticed it before, but he has a sticker on the side of his motorcycle. It's the no bullshit symbol. Like you like that oh black God. silhouette of a cartoon bull taking a shit with the no red circle slash. Yeah. He's got a no bullshit sticker on the side of his, I think it's the fuel tank on his motorcycle. The things you miss. And, 
and Charlie chases after him. She tries to talk to him to explain like what happened in there, but he starts revving his engine like a petulant four-year-old and zooms off, just fucks off, and she gets in her car and chases him. Yeah, my note was... Being an asshole with loud engines is so damn hot. I know. You do what I really look for in a man. Lack of emotional stability. <laughs> and so she chases after him, nearly gets into a car accident. And he I guess he's been watching this through his rear view mirror because he pulls over and gets out and yells at her for being so reckless. Motherfucker, yeah. what? He's jealous that she's stealing exactly. his thunder. I'm the reckless one. It's my thing. I'm Maverick. You can't be... And I Maverick kept just getting well. distracted by the length of how long Take My Breath Away was playing in the background throughout all of this. And it's just, it keeps <laughs> going on and on. I mean, it's a good song, but if you keep stretching it out, it starts to get repetitive. Well, yeah, so basically what she wa- was trying to say was, you know, even though professionally her opinion that she gave in there was right, she thinks he, what he did was incredible. It was the best flying she'd ever seen, but she can't say it in there because she's worried people are going to see through what she's saying and realize that they're dating, essentially. And especially because she's like, you know, I don't want anyone to see that it's I've fallen movies where people don't say that before they do the thing yeah to which again i say she has some mark that she pulls this one on every (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah i never hook up with my students she says to the ninth student (laughs) (laughs) but they start making out and now as you're saying take my breath away love scene Okay, now I can talk about this because this connects with the elevator scene where she's wearing the ball cap and looks kind of butch. Okay. These two scenes were not originally in the movie. They did not film them during principal photography or any subsequent, like, you know, immediate reshoots. They showed a version of this movie to exhibitors in New York, LA, and Chicago. New York and LA were like, great, let's go with this. But Chicago didn't think there was enough love stuff. And I imagine what they said was something along the lines like, look, all the planes flying around are great. But uh, I saw that volleyball scene and it gave me a weird (laughs) feeling in my penis. And and I'm going to need to see some heterosexual fucking in this film. Otherwise, I'm going to have to take a good hard look at myself. <laughs> yeah. So the Chicago exhibitors wanted a love scene. So like, all right, fuck it. We'll do. We'll add some more to the love story. So the scene in the elevator and this sex scene were added after the fact. But Tom Cruise was already shooting The Color of Money with Martin Scorsese. And uh, Kelly McGillis was also on another movie and she had dyed her hair brown and also cut it so her hair was Hence different the hat and the fact that you can't see anything in the sex exactly scene that is shadow. why she's wearing a hat and also tom cruise's hair is different so that's why they wet it because it's actually longer in the elevator mm-hmm and in mm-hmm. this scene, everything's blacked out. You can't see their faces. You can't see their hair. Like you said, for John, for that reason, they had one day to film with Tom Cruise in Chicago. So they had to get the elevator scene and they had to get this sex scene, which is why the eroticism, it is very out of place, out of place. <laughs> and nobody feels like they're into it. At least Tom Cruise doesn't feel like he's into it because he's clearly thinking Hot about the other movie the he's mo- shooting. The movie, like I said before, just completely much made, made better me just sort of giggle at the scene because I kept expecting him to put like an egg on her stomach and have it start frying. <laughs> All I got for the scene is so much tongue. <laughs> so much tongue. Like 14 year olds who are having their first kiss do not use this much tongue. Like, holy shit. But Mavericks are romantic because uh, the next day we see that he's left her a flower and a paper airplane. Yeah, I have that she wakes up to an origami jet <laughs> sex note. 
<laughs> and you know that's not the first Origami time he's used that. Sex Notes. That's that's got to be a great band name right there. <laughs> oh, we are now the Origami Sex Notes. We are Origami Dude, Sex Notes. We're playing at the Palladium. You guys should get tickets. Uh, so back at Top Gun, Maverick and Goose learned that Iceman won another one of these dogfight exercises. And speaking of butts. As we so often do during this particular movie's review. <laughs> Again, I've watched this movie many times. Did not notice this, but on two of the other fighter pilots' helmets, uh, specifically Hollywood and Wolfman, they have a cartoon butt on their helmets with a lipstick kissy <laughs> mark on one of the cheeks. I did not notice that. They are oh the ass God, squadron. I, was, I mean, I, I found so many butts and those were two that I didn't find. I, I was distracted by the feeling the need for speed line which uh i was wondering it did that spawn that irritating video game that line maybe but i feel like need for speed is just a a, a phrase in the culture so again they get told that yeah. iceman and slider won their latest exercise and they say i got the need the need for speed and they high five each other which is one of the most quoted lines of the movie and it is apropos of nothing it is not in response to anything it is not setting anything up. They just say the line to say the line. It's time to go fly. But they just stopped flying. They're walking away from their planes. <laughs> they just want to get <laughs> the need for speed as an all new meaning. <laughs> oh my, yeah. So great line makes no sense in any context in this film. So we learn from voiceover that the training is halfway over. Iceman and Slider lead the class for the trophy, second Maverick and Goose. And so they're flying another mission. And we find out that Viper is flying this one. It's like, ooh, Viper's up here. And again with the masks, put on your fucking masks, guys. Like <laughs> Maverick and his wingman, I believe it's... Actually, no, you're right. They, they were going to the planes because this happens right afterwards. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. And so Hollywood and Wolfman are on Jester and Maverick's mm -hmm. their wingman. Maverick sees Viper and he's like, I'm going after Viper. And he's like, no, dude, stay with Hollywood. We got to be their wingman. He's like, nah, I'm going after Viper. Fuck this guy. Flies off and starts he just fighting with Viper. His, his wingman. Yeah, again, mm -hmm. after promising to not get up to stupid bullshit to Goose, no, it's gets just up the, to stupid the bullshit. The reason why Top Gun doesn't yeah. have that... <laughs> of that award that is fucking trophy. just for this reason. Exactly. And so barely misses Viper in a head-to-head -head encounter. Yeah, he left his wingman to go play chicken. He did. He left his wingman yeah. to go play chicken. At some you point, that joke chicken. will sink in. It'll click. On oh, right. you found the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Not the one I was going for, but okay. He thinks he's about to get Viper, and all of a sudden, Jester comes behind him and kills him. And that's why you don't leave your wingman, because you never know what the fuck's going to happen. So clearly, Jester killed Hollywood and Wolfman. And they all take their fucking masks off at the same time. You're flying at altitude. Even Viper, because <laughs> I guess Tom Skerritt wanted to act in the play. They're Who trying the to add knows? some physical it's, it's action crazy. as well to the acting and the drama of the scene. I think it's, it's, again, otherwise it's just endless people with masks on, and that gets boring after a while. That's why Goose keeps sort of, you know, right. spinning his... But then if you take your mask off at altitude, you're going to pass out. It's whatever, whatever. I'm I'm going to make fun of this a few more times, but I'll, I'm going to try and keep it... I'm going to try and tone it down a bit. Oh, yes. I was wondering who would pass out first. <laughs> hey, I was born in low oxygen. 
I have come to prove you can wear a mask at all times. <laughs> this is very true. Well, Tom Hardy does it. Yeah, he does it in fucking the, the Batman, and he does it in Dunkirk. You can wear a mask and act. And for a good amount of yeah, Mad Max. True. Yeah. Bunch of amateurs in this movie. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so we're in the showers. Jester comes in, tells Maverick some of the best flying he's ever seen, right up until he got killed. You never leave your wingman. Did anyone notice the really large oh, Navy recruiting God, poster? It was. Yes. The, that, I was just about it's to bring this It's not a job. It's an adventure. It says, not just a job. It's an adventure. Yeah. Do you know who you really need to convince to join the Navy? Naval Aviation. Already in the Navy. Yeah, people already in the Navy. <laughs> but that's clearly for the audience to get people to be like, hey, if you like what you like in this movie, you could do it yourself. You like what you see in this locker room. <laughs> Got a whole lot more yeah, of that. This was in also the, the Navy. scene. In the Navy. This was a scene where, um, where you know, I really latched on to Iceman really has a point with Maverick. He's pointing out right, exactly yes. what should be thought of and maverick just ignores him every single time because rival you know it does kind of hit because goose reiterates it but basically iceman's like whose side are you on like even if you don't like the guys that you're flying with we're all on the same team right while he's getting chewed out by iceman maverick is bending over shirtless while wearing something white he's wearing a towel around his waist this will not be the only time we see tom cruise bent over shirtless while wearing white it's what you get for a million dollars Tony Scott really needed to get his Tom Cruise pound of flesh. Yep. So we also learned that Viper shot down Iceman during this exercise. So Maverick and Goose still have a shot at the trophy. They're not out of the race yet. And Maverick promises Goose that he'll never do anything like that again. And then back in his room, Maverick looks at a picture of him on his dad's shoulder. I'm just wondering, how often has that story beat been repeated? Which one? I swear I'll never do it again. I swear I'll never do it again. again. And then in cinema or this movie, because the answer is a lot to both. So will Maverick actually keep his promise? Will we be seeing any more sweaty shirtless dudes? Well, we're going to have to find out after the break. We will be right back. Goose, honey. Hey, honey. How was your flight? Oh, and it's good to see you too, Maverick. It's been too long, Meg Ryan. My name's actually Carol. Uh, yeah, no one's going to remember that. Uh, okay. Uh, so Goose tells me you're banging your teacher. Honey. Goose, what the hell? Oh, he tells me everything. Like when you went to bed in flight school because you had a nightmare about your dead dad. Uh, honey, uh, maybe you should stop. Oh, no, no, it's fine, seeing as how you can't keep a secret. What else, Meg? Oh, I know all about the booger eating, uh, how he got tricked into that protein supplement pyramid scheme. Oh, that ladyboy in Thailand. I hate you so much right now, Goose. But I reckon uh, the biggest thing he told me is your crushing, persistent fear of death. You might fly like you're not afraid to die, but all you're really doing is trying to outrun the Reaper. But you can't, Mav. No matter what you do, no matter how hard you try, you will die. And in a generation or two, everyone you've ever known will be dead, and the gaping maw of time will consume your memory and leave your very existence irrelevant. I'm not going to sit here and take this. I'm out. Oh, come on, Mav. I'm married to Meg Ryan in the 80s. Of course I can't keep secrets from her. Fuck you, Goose. At least Kelly McGillis can keep her mouth shut. In the 80s, Mav! The 80s! Oh, don't worry about him. Say, you want to talk loudly about our sex life in front of our infant son? You bet your sweet ass I do. Do a hot Carl. (laughs) 
Do a backward Sasquatch. <laughs> I don't know I what that I is. Wanna know. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. And we're back, and Goose is singing Great Balls of Fire in a bar while playing the piano. This is, again, iconic yep. scene from this film that is often quoted. And he's got his son who's just sitting on the piano, chilling with his dad. And Meg Ryan can't shut the fuck up about how much Maverick fucks. <laughs> Meg Ryan really needs to let Charlie know that Maverick's dick gets around. And it's like 90% the fucking point of this scene. Because they're like back at a table just talking. And again, Charlie should be like, bitch, this program has a two-month rollover range. Yeah, you think he's the only one who gets around? Like, right. <laughs> Yeah, including bringing up the Admiral's daughter incident. And so Maverick gets embarrassed, rightfully, and decides to go over and sing with Goose. And Meg Ryan lets Charlie know that Maverick is madly in love with her. So what is she trying to say? Oh, he fucks. And also, he only wants also, to fuck Also, I want to know. know how she found that out. I know they were trying to keep it quiet. So you think uh, Goose was following him around with a camera and... <laughs> Well, I think the idea is that Goose and him are buddies, so they tell each other everything, and it's established that Goose tells his wife everything, so the All wife right. knows but that's everything. that's never sort of represented <laughs> in any way. He doesn't mention her at all to the... Well, I mean, well, well Maverick telling Goose isn't represented, but Goose telling his wife, yeah. I mean, yeah. she gets off the plane and immediately spills the beans. Of so you imagine that Goose is like a newlywed Midwestern husband out at the beach of LA <laughs> following <laughs> Maverick around. Oh, baby. I will never stop referencing Baywatch. It's going to be all cross to bear. (laughs) Always be quoting Baywatch. (laughs) And also listening to Meg Ryan, because she's kind of got a bit of a Southern drawl to her. I got to know here, why hasn't Meg Ryan ever played Dolly Parton? Ooh. That should have happened. Meg Ryan should play Dolly Parton. Very. How short is Meg Ryan? Dolly's tiny. I mean, it's Hollywood. They'll shave her (laughs) legs off or something. Walk around on some fake stumps. They'll figure it out. So she yells out to Goose. Goose, you big stud. Take me to bed or lose me forever. Right in front of the kids. Right in front of the kids. Right in front of the kids. (laughs) (laughs) And so everyone gets in on Great Balls of Fire. That's some good clean family fun right there. (laughs) Well, I mean, the kid's got to learn photography <laughs> somewhere. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, shit. Son, you're five years old. You know, it's time you learned how to use a Polaroid. <laughs> so this is what we call wrestling racket. <laughs> so Maverick and Charlie go for a, a sunset motorcycle ride. And they stop off somewhere and Charlie just repeats Meg Ryan's line to him in a very yep. like seductively sarcastic way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because, again, she's always busting his balls. You know, hey, Maverick, you big stud, take me to bed or lose me forever. Some more making out. And then, danger zone. That's Mm. uh, three times, right? And still not enough. (laughs) Plane's taking off for uh, another training mission. Now Iceman and Maverick are wingmen. So this should be interesting. And so they're getting behind. They they spot some bogeys. They fly in. Iceman cuts Maverick off to get into the firing position behind one of the jets. And Iceman can't get the shot. Yeah. Won't get the fuck out of the way. And he way. won't get the fuck out of the way. Maverick can get the shot. He's like, Iceman, fly off. Like, I, I got uh, this. Brief sidetrack. Did anyone else give a little chuckle every so often when they said bogeys? 
does me? No. Even though I know what you're talking about, <laughs> yes, Hot Shots is awesome. No, because bogey is British yeah. for boogers. And bogey. <laughs> As in Humphrey Bogart, yes. Yes. That's right. Name's Bugger. Looking at you, sweetheart. That, that, that gave me a little chuckle every so often. Well, just for, just for the British <laughs> listeners, bogey is what they call unidentified aircraft, and they turn into bandits when they are identified as hostile aircraft. That's how the, the radio lingo works there. Oh, I'm aware. It still makes me chuckle. <laughs> that was for the listeners. It's not always about you, Jules. You guys, Jesus. it's always about me. <laughs> so Iceman eventually is like, all right, fuck it. Um, he pulls off. Maybe you guys picked up on this. Maverick and Goose fly through jet wash. Was it Iceman's jet wash or was it the jet that they were pursuing's jet wash? Because this affects how I'm going to perceive Iceman later in the film. Yeah. Unclear? Because I was pretty sure it looked like... It was Iceman's jet wash. It did seem that way, just the way it was shot. I couldn't tell from the way it was shot. Okay, I'm going to go with it was Iceman's jet wash. And this causes the engines to stall for Maverick and Goose. And despite all the inaccuracies that we pointed out earlier, this whole sequence is incredibly accurate. It seemed very accurate, yeah. So, especially with early model F-14s, they were prone to stalling if they flew through jet wash. Because basically the compressors in the engine weren't able to handle the lack of air caused by the jet wash. So the igniters would flame out, the engines would stall, and they would go into a spin. And so that's exactly what happens here with Goose and Maverick. They go into a spin, they stall, they can't get out of it. So they're flying out to sea. Maverick is unable to get to the ejector to eject them. And that is also accurate because some of the fighter pilots that they interviewed for, for the Blu-ray behind the scenes stuff said, yeah, that's very accurate. In F-14, the centrifugal force is going to make it impossible for the pilot to do anything, the Rio is going to have to eject the canopy and eject them. That's what Goose does. He pulls the canopy up. In reality, like in when you're trained for this sort of stuff, you're, there's a certain amount of time you're supposed to let the canopy fly up before you eject, because otherwise what happens is exactly what happens in the movie. They ejected too quick and Goose crashes into the canopy. And this is one of those rare cases where the white guy dies first. It's also one of the few movies movies where you're allowed to man cry One oh of the i few disagree with times that. in cinema <laughs> this was a man cry moment for a lot of dudes because it just was because the only likable character in this movie just died. he just dies yeah and apparently this actually similar incidents did happen so this is like based on a sadly a few true stories of people having to eject from f-14s and crashing into the the canopy and dying that did seem sad just the idea of knowing that how many pilots died in this kind of an accident or or other kinds of um just little malfunctions i can't remember the names now and i wouldn't do that i wouldn't mention it if i did but um yeah there were some incidences of people we knew where like they had to eject and the shoot never opened Jesus. <sighs> Like, yeah, yeah, stuff like this yeah, that, does that, that was the part That rough, was the part that so. got me a little. But uh, Training accidents, especially if you think for pilots these days, you're more likely to die in a training accident than in combat. So, yeah, very sad. So, fun fact about, well, fun relative, but... Um, <laughs> Way to bring it right back around. But All good, right. but good. I mean, good news actually, because so as I said, for earlier model F-14s, this was a danger. Later model F-14s, they upgraded the engines, and this sort of accident became less likely. So F-14s became safer. But unfortunately, not for Goose. They're in the water. The Coast Guard comes out to rescue them, and Maverick, you know, stricken by grief, has to let Goose go to let the Coast Guard guy rescue him. And I'm not a sea rescue specialist, but. 
the way they hoist Goose seems really bad from a medical standpoint because they clip him to this. And so he could have spinal injuries. There could be a whole well, number of things. I think the idea is they already knew he was dead. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I took it to be they already knew he's dead. Because, because they, he, he tells him they, to let yeah, him go. Yeah, there's a sort of ring that you would put and it would hoist you up and they just kind of set him in this thing and the body's just limp. Right. Like, but I mean, yeah, did the they guy know says, he was let dead? him go. I feel like they didn't. The, the, one of the I take it to be says, they. Let Wait, but go, let him go doesn't mean. And you've got to let him go. And yeah. I think that was the idea. I see Nick's side of, you got to let go of this guy because I got to get him into the hospital or the helicopter, but also the, you got to, you know, yeah. he's gone. That's, that's he's already gone. I, you have to. Okay. It, it wasn't clear because I'm pretty, because I was in my mind, I'm like, I'm pretty sure the Coast Guard has litters that they can raise you up and not risk more spinal injury because yeah, exactly, he's just like yeah. floating up, like flopped off to the side like a rag doll. Yeah. It just didn't seem like the best way to rescue somebody from the ocean who might have serious injuries. I always took it as he is definitely dead at this point. Oh, he's dead on arrival. Okay. So now we're in the hospital and Maverick is shading, shaving yeah. in his tidy whities So, now we are in scene number two with Tom Cruise bent over wearing something white and shirtless. And this scene is brought to you by Colgate Shaving Cream. He is shaving with Colgate Shaving Cream. That is apparently a thing. It is still a thing. I didn't even notice that because I just took this as he's still shaken up and he's at the sink. Right. You know? And that this is the least dramatic cold water to the face scene ever shot. Because all he does is like his hands kind of wet and he just kind of pats his forehead with his fingertips oh yeah like, like he just got I think Tom, Tom Cruise like, was just tired oh, of being covered sore. in fake sweat that he was just like I, I can't handle any more liquid on my face at this point yeah he was trying to wash <laughs> off the glycerin sweat entirely possible but no but then I noticed later that there were very conspicuous tubes of Colgate in the locker room so Colgate is another sponsor and a uh, fun fact about Colgate shaving cream uh, guaranteed to protect your face from cavities and leave it minty fresh waka waka <laughs> <laughs> so Viper comes in and uh, my dentist recommends crash shaving cream. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Four out of five there, dentists to... recommend Tom Cruise and Tidy Whities. <laughs> <laughs> so Viper comes in. Uh, so th- this 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 bathroom's in a hospital. So because clearly Tom Cruise is you know being observed by medical professionals. Tells him that Goose is dead, and yeah, he knows he was there, and gives the least inspiring pep talk to Maverick. Viper's basically yeah, people die, just gotta let it go, and then gives him a very weird shoulder pat. Yeah. That turns into a yeah my note was rub. did did viper just cop a <laughs> yeah. nipple feel yeah he gets it looks like he gives his, his nipple just a little tweak before he <laughs> yeah because his hand goes around that far around his shoulder i mean i know it's that that's weird. what i'm gonna do if i ever need to help you guys out at a grieving moment i'm just gonna reach around and just tweak your nipple a little bit <laughs> That's how he got the name <laughs> Viper. <laughs> Slides right around. Yeah, he probably did some really creepy shit in flight school. But hey, you'd forget about your grieving if someone twisted your nipple. You would. Very quickly. <laughs> so Charlie drops Maverick <laughs> off back at base. Uh, Maverick thinks that this whole thing might have been his fault. He's you know feels very responsible for what happened to Goose. Yeah, this is that one moment I referenced earlier where he's not grinning at her. Yeah, it's absolutely right. Yeah, because he's not thinking about her or trying to act with her. He's kind of in his own <laughs> little grief bubble. So he packs away Goose's stuff. 
putting it in a box. Uh, this is where we Ryan got the dog the tag are... squeeze cliche. Did he mm-hmm. squeeze dog tags in this one? Because I know he does it later. It's more than he once, also yeah. finds <laughs> a picture of him. Yeah, no, the multiple times. He finds a picture of him and Goose from, I guess, flight school or some previous assignment. He takes the box of stuff to the room where Meg Ryan and Goose's son are. And somehow this entire scene is about Maverick's grief. Okay, yeah. yes, thank you. Yeah, what thank the fuck? You. She just lost her husband and her reaction to him coming into the room is, God, he loved flying with you, Maverick. What? Yes, I have, I have Meg Ryan is awesome. But this somehow becomes all about Maverick and a he'd want you to go on moment. I know. And there's none of him being like, oh, he loved you so much. And he, you know, he he was doing this for you, Meg Ryan, and, the, and your son. There's none of that. It's all about Maverick. All about him. Yeah. Basically says he would have flown without you as like, a, hey, get back up there and get back to it. Yeah. I think, uh, I think there was an assumption that the audience likes Maverick at this point, which we just don't. I think audiences did, but now looking back on it so many protagonists looking back like wow you're an <laughs> it seems asshole. to be the common thread as we rewatch all of these movies <laughs> is that these protagonists are not as likable as i remember <laughs> right or relatable or sympathetic i mean they're interesting for damn sure like he's a hot shot pilot part <laughs> deux, but he that was thank good you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so a board of inquiry tells Maverick that the incident wasn't his fault and that he can go flying again. Viper tells Jester to get him back in the Was air it just ASAP. Was a really quick investigation? I mean, there's flight computers there. I mean, back then, did an investigation last short enough that he could still complete the training program? I mean, that seemed a little contrived to me. <laughs> I mean, presumably there's at least two or three days that have passed. I I think if there's enough evidence, I mean, again, they're tracking it on their (laughs) finest Atari 2600. They might have had the data they needed to figure it out. My music note for the scene is holy synth music, like aggressive, (laughs) violent synth music for this inquiry court scene. And so now they're trying to get Maverick back in the seat and Maverick is sitting in the cockpit of a plane and is looking very confused at the controls. Like, I think he's going for sad, but it just comes across as, oh, fuck, what are these buttons? And he's wearing his mask. And so my note is, oh, so now you know how to wear your fucking mask while you're sitting on the ground not flying anywhere. That's not when you put your mask on. That's not when you put your... Yeah, the plane isn't even on. You will suffocate if you do that. Oh, you will? (laughs) Yeah, because the mask gets hooked in, and if there's there's nothing running through the plane, it's not pumping air. Oh, that makes sense. He doesn't even have the guy in the back. Yeah, the plane is not on. He's just sitting in the cockpit with his mask on. That's it. It's a suicide attempt. (sighs) Why am I so excited? (laughs) As I've told you before, listeners, John can spot good writing in a in a C movie. (laughs) Just pulling it out of my ass. Okay, so now we're we're back in the sky, and Jester's trying to give Maverick an easy target to give his confidence back, and his Rio now is the only black guy in the group and now we have to point out this guy's call sign because the only black guy in the group's call sign is sundown yeah that didn't strike anybody as just a little racist i'm just i'm or just incredibly letting it racist for a bit. okay 
Yeah. Only black guy. And here's the thing. Based on what I've read about, you know, racial bias in naval aviation, that seems to be a realistic name that they might have given him. And so he's like, you know, hey, Mav, take the shot, take the shot. And Mav's like, nah, it doesn't look at him. And he, he won't take the shot. He's He doesn't have his confidence. So on the ground, Sundown is like, hey, man, we could have had him. And Maverick's like, I will take the shot when I am good and goddamn they ready. Said Maverick lost his last likability by trying to beat up the only black guy in that squad. <laughs> Yeah, by committing a hate crime. <laughs> I mean, is is the charges have just been, you know, by the end of this movie, of longer than his military record. So here's the thing. So another little thing I noticed when they're in the air, Sundown's helmet has his name written on it. It says Sundown. Mm-hmm. But when they're on the ground, there's no Sundown on his helmet. There's no words on oh, it. I missed that. I also noticed earlier in the movie, another pilot was wearing the exact same helmet, the one without the, the that didn't say sundown but it was a white guy maybe this is why i got confused about tim robbins showing up as well because of the interchangeable helmets oh yeah the um i think the guy played wolfman he wore a cowboy hat in the hangar scene because he's like yeah we're just a bunch of like white guys who look exactly the same and i wanted to stand out so i snuck a cowboy hat and you know they they left by the time they figured out i was wearing it it was too late to change anything So yeah, so Maverick commits a hate crime and (laughs) Viper keeps telling Jester to send him up even though he won't engage. So now we're back in the locker room and Iceman gives the weirdest, not apology, but he tells Maverick that he's sorry about Goose in the weirdest way possible. He wanted to say, you've got to let it go but he couldn't find a way of saying it so he ends up just apologizing. But he looks like the way he's trying to say he looks like a manager trying to give constructive <laughs> feedback to a new employee. Actually, that's, that's surprisingly That's not quite accurate. working out. Like, like he's trying to like give a compliment sandwich but he but he really wants to tell him that he's a fuck up. Like that is the facial and hand expressions that he's doing but he's trying to express sympathy for him. It's weird. Did anyone notice Wolfman? Yeah, what the? F- I mean, in the back, like before. <laughs> I wish. I, okay, yes, I wish I found a, or, or I wish I'd taken a, a screenshot to really jog my memory. But the note is: Iceman tries to make peace, but Wolfman is at the end of the locker room, like he just <laughs> come. <laughs> Wait, because, yeah, because we, we cut to Wolfman and he's like hiding around the corner. He's probably been listening in on this. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. And he turns and does that like against the locker. Right. Like an absolute fucking creep. And he immediately, immediately from this goes to a payphone to call someone. Yes. Who the fuck is he calling? He must have called Charlie. So she also oh subtly gave her it number to like everyone in class then? She was hedging her bets <laughs> if things with Maverick didn't work out. She was going to fucking go with Wolfman. Yeah, because who the hell is he calling about Mav quitting? Kelly? The whole, the the whole they need to keep their re- relationship a secret just ended up being completely thrown out the window. <laughs> yeah, good thing they really hid that shit. But when did Maverick quit? Because he didn't say anything in the locker room. Did he quit before he went into the locker room? When did Maverick quit? Because he goes straight. Did he quit in the locker? Yeah, because he goes straight from the it's locker like room. He's clearly washing out of the program, but it's not like yeah. he's walked yeah. in. He's, and he's said, just I can't being do this in anymore. full. Yeah, to nobody. Mode. Did it happen after the? Who the fuck knows? There's really weird continuity here. But clearly, he calls Charlie because Charlie shows up to the airport bar where Maverick is drinking ice water like a. Yeah, he drinks alcohol when everything's great, but when he's super, super depressed about having lost his best friend, that's when he breaks out the hard water. Yeah, 
I don't know what this choice is. Which you find out by Charlie ordering, you know, yeah, I'll have the same as him. And he's like, it's just water. Yeah, it's like ice water. I don't know if they're trying to make a point about alcoholism or something. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the crazy thing. So when she orders, like, I'll have what he's having. And she says, hemlock, is it? And holy shit, Charlie, this guy just lost his best friend. Maybe now is not the time to bust his balls and joke about him killing himself. I feel like the time. Which he did try to do in the plane earlier. Maybe they didn't tell her that. Matt's just sitting in there with his mask on. We need to get these engines running This now. is also where oh we got the God. it's not your fault cliche and the I'm here to help. Mm-hmm. And if I wanted help, I would have asked for it cliche. All in the same yeah. speech. Finding it in all of those emotional speeches that just every cliche just gets. Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. Yeah. So basically spurns her help. And using the, I mean, yeah, use a lot of cliches, but they're talking like they're old friends. Oh, yeah. There's no romantic charge in this scene at all. No, that's not what I mean. I mean, they're talking almost as if she had known Goose for as long as Mav has. Ah, yeah, I I can kind of see that. So she leaves him and calls him by his real name instead of Maverick. Done. Because up until now, she's called a map. Yeah. <laughs> this is not a dun 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 <laughs> That's why it works. <laughs> Jesus. So then Maverick goes over to Viper's house to talk to him about stuff. And Viper's wife greets Maverick like she already knows him. Yeah. Like really familiar. Like, hey, Maverick, how are you doing? I assume doing? that's you one know, of the many in. girls she, he slept with. <laughs> oh, so Viper has an open relationship, and now we have that consolation in the bathroom making a little more sense. <laughs> oh, yeah, just grooming him for his wife. So Viper explains. <laughs> God damn it. So Viper explains that uh, he flew with Maverick's father, tells him that he was really a hero. And what happened was, was there was a really intense air battle that they were all part of. They were flying in the same and, uh, squadron I had a or note, whatever. Bogies like fireflies all over the sky. You. <laughs> Booger, I hardly know her. <laughs> I broke John with that and that John is very disappointed that he knows me. <laughs> waiting for this to end. <laughs> so yeah, very intense battle. Boogers all over the sky. Maverick's father was hit and wounded and he could have made it back, but apparently instead he saved three other fighters before getting killed. And the reason why everything was classified, the reason why they couldn't talk about it is because they were in the wrong place. They were over the wrong border. They were flying in Cambodia or something. And so that's why it was classified. And I think we were mentioning this earlier. This makes no sense to exactly. anything that happened to Maverick. Why would... What's this reputation we've been hearing about? Yeah, it sounds like his dad was a fucking hero. And what, didn't bring his plane back after he died? So why would he have a Lazy. bad reputation? Why would this not allow Maverick to get into the Naval Academy? Just nothing about his father's situation makes any sense. Yeah. And then afterwards he says, uh, I'm not going to blow sunshine up your ass. And I was just, you know, I can't even anymore with these homoerotic images. It's (laughs) (laughs) all these reference to butts. To finish this off, Viper completely nixes 
any stakes that were in the film because he says to to Maverick, well, you got enough points to graduate, so your choices are either graduate or Viper quit. Viper ex machina. Yeah, Viper ex machina. It's like, surely he would have known this. I feel like they let you know how many points you have on a regular basis. So all this was a weird hissy fit for nothing. Yeah, I also had the note that everyone respects him once <laughs> his co-pilot dies. So once one of his so-called antics leads to actually the death of one of their comrades. That's when everyone starts acting like he's a good guy and he would fly with them any day. I mean, really? Yeah. Yeah, these these were told you so moments. Big told you so moments. All of them. The choice is clear. He's just going to go graduate. Nope, he's got to go think about it because we need to drag this movie out a little longer. So he goes for a motorcycle ride. He drives past Charlie's house. Well, former house now. He goes and he watches F-14s land. And yeah, just no. there's no conflict. Absolutely zero. Here. Zero. The choice is obvious. John, you don't look convinced. No, I, it's that I had noticed that the planes that he's watching land have tail hooks on them. Is there any reason for that to be on there when you're on a regular runway maybe it's a short runway i don't know i mean they're on there just because that's the fighter i don't think there's any reason to take them off i think they're integral to the plane so whether you're landing on land or on a ship it's just that's on the plane i mean they're definitely removable we have a few I guess they didn't take them off on these ones. Who knows? I guess not. No. All right. I mean, I figured you just wouldn't want to keep damaging it, hitting it on the ground every time you landed an aircraft. Well, I mean, if you have so. a few lying around the house, apparently they're not that expensive. So <laughs> They were gifts. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, they're at the graduation ceremony. Maverick doesn't appear to be there. And some pilot we've never heard say a line and Sundown are both very concerned about where Maverick is for fucking reasons. <laughs> Where's the protagonist of our movie, you guys? Seriously. And this is why we didn't get to see the ceremony. It's because Mav wasn't there to see I know. <laughs> So Iceman and Slider have won the Top Gun trophy. That doesn't exist. Don't think about it. It's, you know, whose flight is it anyway? (laughs) Waka waka. (laughs) Nice. Waka waka. The alternate title for this episode. So Maverick shows up because of course he does. And he's late because of course he is. He congratulates Iceman and Slider about their win. And Viper breaks up the party because there's a crisis and a bunch of them need to ship out immediately. And none of this makes fucking sense. This is this is giant the point of which, you know, they, they just know they're in a movie, you know? Yeah, the movie needs to movie. <laughs> and so a bunch of them need to ship out. Hollywood and Wolfman, Iceman and Slider. They're giving them letters as if these are their orders. And there's orders for Maverick. They had no idea he was going to show up. (laughs) They just happened to have orders for him there just in case they needed him. And you'll get assigned your Rio when you get there. Yeah, you'll get your Rio when you get there. that happen to you in life when you're the protagonist of a movie. Sometimes I wish I was a protagonist. Well, Julian, we're all the protagonists (laughs) of our own stories. We need to film these at some point and we'll have him like look up and it'll fade to a... We talked earlier in our podcast how I have to make everything about me it's because i grew up with movies like this that's why i have to make it all about me we life all grew revolves up with around like this. this is the me. point of the podcast <laughs> because of movies like this. <laughs> and so viper says you know he'll get his rio when he gets to the ship and if they don't give you one call me you know <laughs> yeah the way he says it sounds like he's trying to hook himself up for a date call me anytime <laughs> 
<laughs> None of this makes sense. None of this makes And also, I'm pretty sure that Rios are naval flight officers, and they have very specialized training to do their job. Like, you can't just be a Rio. Like, yeah, you're a pilot, but I, I don't think being a pilot means you're a Rio. Like, if you're a Rio, that is your specialization. I don't think you can just do that. Maybe I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I think they're just saying that whoever's already out there, they'll, they'll provide him. With right, them. but yeah. Viper's a pilot, so him saying, I, I like, oh, saying, like, oh, yeah, okay. I'll be a Rio if gotcha. they don't give you one. Why wouldn't they give you I one? Gotcha. And also, I couldn't help but notice that Tom Skerritt has one really long, lone facial hair just poking <laughs> out of his chin in this shot. He just has one wild chin hair. And this is why you spring for that Ultra 4K DVD, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Exactly. Oh, man. That's what you get when you use Colgate shaving cream. <laughs> <laughs> Stray hat. Colgate shaving cream. You missed a spot. <laughs> Colgate, if you would like to. Really, Colgate, really if you would like to sponsor this podcast, we are available. Just saying. Send us a case of your finest shaving cream and we will. <laughs> I will not use it. <laughs> well, I mean, you got to get the neck cheeks a little bit. This also explains why Slider in the bar scene had stubble, because his Colgate shaving cream failed him. No, he had crest. He had crest. <laughs> with, the, with, the, with the little sparkles in it. For the clubs, right? I just want to keep derailing this and talk about toothpaste. Oh, okay. Okay. No, we do. We do have to finish the movie, though. We 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 got to finish. So do we? We do. We're almost there. We? We're almost there. All right. So uh, we we're now back on the aircraft carrier to get a, a super that says twenty four hours later in the Indian Ocean, and we are back with Commander Principal from oh, back the to the Return future. of the Sweaty Man Briefing Room. Okay, I'm fairly certain there's air conditioning on aircraft carriers, and every single pilot in this briefing room is sopping wet. Just. But none of the clothes are. None of the clothes. It's just the faces. All the exposed skin is drenched. It's so crazy. And so, Principal Back to the from the Back to the Future tells them that a communication ship got stranded in foreign territory. They're mounting a rescue operation, and it's their job to provide air cover and i need to go back to the contrivance of them needing yes maverick and iceman and any of these motherfuckers straight out of top gun because i don't think that's how naval deployments work the air wing on this aircraft carrier would have been yes they're the ones to provide the air support not wait 24 hours for these guys to get shipped to the ocean from california i know and even if they were <laughs> down a couple planes i'm pretty sure there are air wings closer by that they would have gotten supplemental <laughs> we do things from. slow in the navy exactly. there's it's no not a job reason. it's a long waiting <laughs> sailing <laughs> mission I mean, hurry up and wait is the motto of the military from what I've been able to glean, but yeah, them being there is bullshit. But again, Iceman, very right, at the end of the briefing, goes up to the commander's like, hey, I got some concerns about Maverick. You know, I'm not sure he's the best guy to be going up for this. And the commander basically just tells him to shut the fuck up. He's Pretty the protagonist. Much. He's going Is up. this also where there was the line, okay, Wood, I'm yep. taking the lead? No, that's going to be in the air. <laughs> 
yeah, maybe it's now because Hollywood, Hollywood and Wolfman, Iceman and Slider, they they take off. Wood is short for Hollywood, but he just keeps calling him Wood. And Maverick inspects his plane. The aircraft radar dude is like, all right, guys, there, there's two bogeys out there, so watch out. But we see in the air that it's actually four bogeys. Ooh. Ooh, call back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. But yeah, back to the, okay, Wood, I'm taking the lead. Rusties. I just, my note was what I said to my penis in college and it never worked. <laughs> well... There is a line here where uh, one of them says they must be close. Yeah, I'm there's a lot a of getting hard on. ons in the in the navy, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> so Maverick's waiting on the deck to be called to the show. You know, sports movie and all that. And he's got Goose's dog tags in his hand, so we got more oh, Goose's more dog, dog tags. tags. Yes. <laughs> Squeeze it, caress it. Lick the it. beginning, and so Maverick said. Brought to you by the by the makers of Poppet. <laughs> the beginning of the symbology in this movie. Anyone who's seen Boondock Saints will get that reference. Don't give it away. They can figure it out for themselves. So he is sitting at alert five. And what that means is if you're at alert five, within five minutes of getting the order, you can be in the air. So that is so he's just sitting there ready on the catapult to take off. And back in the air, it turns there's five aircraft now. It's like the count from the Sesame Street doing a bit. Four aircraft. Five. Uh, 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 Migs. Five uh, aircraft. Uh, 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 that uh, actually uh, uh, Migs. That would have been uh, the better uh, way to uh, Yes. F5s. Ah, ah, ah. And so one of them comes up behind Hollywood and Wolfman and shoots them out of the sky. And then the movie took a really dark turn because that's when World War Three started. <laughs> and, you know, there was escalating military conflicts around the globe. It got really dark. I mean, my note for this is, uh, wow, Top Gun School really does pick the top 1% of aircraft pilots that get knocked out two seconds after entering combat. Maverick gets launched and now there's six fucking mix because <laughs> fuck you they're they're, they're um they're amoebas and they're doing mitosis there's airplane mitosis happening in the sky and so now it's Iceman versus six migs and i have no fucking clue how he doesn't get shot out of the sky but they start shooting at him they're close to they you know the conservancy of um ninjutsu it's the role of the concern i mean i i sort of get this because iceman was in top gun school but as we've just seen top gun school means nothing because you get shot two seconds after entering any sort of a combat zone apparently yeah but now you're one against many which in movie terms means you get to succeed this is how how the world works yes yeah that's the whole conservancy of Nujitsu. <laughs> There's only so much fighting power in a fight. And if you're only one person, the the rest of it is distributed amongst the other six. They have to share that pool. You get it all to yourself. You're more, you're more powerful. I don't think I read that D&D expansion. <laughs> no, it's just tropes. It's, it's just tropes. <laughs> I have no idea why there wasn't just like a mass launching of planes. Like you like lost. They gave a, bunch- a reason. Uh, they a really gave a awful reason. reason. Yeah. Who was, the, the well, my question was, who was in charge of the catapults that both got broken? Was it the guy? Both got the guy broken. Who dropped his dropped phone his at phone the beginning of the movie. He saw a fucking jet land. <laughs> Didn't get his order. He was staring at the planes. <laughs> 
And it's like, you know, sir, it's going to be 10 minutes until they get fixed. And the commander's like, bullshit, this thing's going to be over in two minutes. And so we're back in the air and Iceman has three MIGs on. There's, it's it's very inconsistent how many MIGs are on Iceman's tail. And he nearly avoids getting hit by a missile. Maverick joins the fight, immediately has a MIG on his tail, goes through some jet wash, but manages to recover this time. But he's spooked. This whole thing like, gives him PTSD from what happened. And he's like, no, it's no good. Well, yeah, it's no good. There's six fucking MIGs shooting yeah, at my you. Not- it was, this is an epic dogfight that we're seeing here, but are they reusing that same launch missile shot every time they launch a missile? Yes, yes, they are. <laughs> Literally, yeah. yes. Because in the yes. in the behind the scenes, like the Navy said, they would shoot one missile for us. So they, got they only one got missile. one camera to film it. <laughs> <laughs> the one shot they got of this missile was the shot. So yes, we are going to see the same missile getting shot multiple times. That cameraman had one <laughs> job and he fucking nailed yep. it. <laughs> but Maverick isn't going to shoot a missile yet because he's spooked and he's going to run away. And his Rio was Merlin, uh, Tim Robbins. So he's back. This is where you remember him from. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, Maverick, gotta go back. Oh, Maverick, what are you doing? And again, best pilot mm. in the Navy, apparently. He's holding <laughs> Goose's dog tags. He's like, talk to me, Goose. Talk to me, Goose. And I guess Goose from Beyond the Grave gives him the strength. <laughs> Again, to this is another another <laughs> piece of evidence that Maverick is really needs to be institutionalized. Yeah, he, he wants not to a hear stable voices. Guy. You know, most people try to not hear voices. <laughs> He wants to hear one. <laughs> so he goes back and he blows the Meg out of the sky that was on Iceman's tail. So again, this is where we get the missile shot that we're going to see a thousand times. More gunfire, like machine gunfire on Iceman, manages to not get hit. Another MiG missile misses. And then Maverick finally decides he's not going to leave his wingman. He's going to stick with Iceman, even though a MiG is flying behind him. Iceman gets hit by gunfire, uh, has to shut down an engine. There's a lot of like, I mean, bit by bit. There's shooting missiles, there's getting behind Iceman. Yeah, the key point is that Maverick finds his confidence and then he does really cool dogfight shit to save Iceman. There's a moment where everyone's yelling on your left, on your left, and the other plane is at his three o'clock, which is your right. Yeah, do they use yeah. left and right when, <laughs> when you're in a plane? I, I That seemed a little off to me. Also, it's the Navy. I feel like they'd be using starboard and port. But Maverick, he's got one missile left, and there's... The- well, it's usually the clock yeah. face, and as pointed out in Indiana Jones 3. Yeah. You're, you're 3 o'clock, you're 9 o'clock, you're 6 is immediately behind you. So they're yelling at your left, and the other plane is at his 3. I just wanted him to yell back, who's left, your left or my left? No, no, no. We're <laughs> facing the same way. No, it's, it's screen left and stage right. That's sufficient military lingo right there. <laughs> We're facing the same way, Dan. So Mav has got one missile left, uh, and he does his air brake trick, and he fucking makes Tim Robbins shit his pants. He's like, hey, man, you're slowing down. He's like, yeah, I'm going to put on the brakes. Yeah, I want him to get closer. He's like, you fucking what? You what? <laughs> Great Tim Robbins acting. You what? <laughs> yeah. And guess what? He did it through a mask. Didn't need to take off a mask for that. Tim Robbins, good. <laughs> He's a professional. So he does his thing. He kills the last MiG. By the way, Maverick kills four MiGs mm-hmm. by himself. Iceman yeah. gets no MiGs. So the last two bug out. This is the effectiveness of Top Gun school, you know? Yes. You know, you can it can be one six on one. You don't get shot down. And then your buddy can come up and shoot four of them down. And get cheered because those guys yeah that was really weird wasn't it 
No. You can't even see you through see their the helmet mask. all showing up. They have they jobs. Have what the hell are you doing cheering this place? <laughs> their job was to hate America, and so they're wrong. Again, so he's like, get asked for permission to buzz the tower, and it's the same dude from the tower at the Top Gun school. Apparently, he got to go out to the aircraft carrier, too. He wanted butts. Well, my, my thought was that... <laughs> He needed to get away from Top Gun and these assholes buzzing the tower and spilling coffee on him. So he went all the way out to the middle of the Indian fucking ocean to get away from this kind of bullshit. And the bullshit just followed him out there. And and tragic story him. of trying to avoid a nervous breakdown. I would freak out if I even saw like a Starbucks establishment after all the <laughs> coffee trauma this poor man has gone through. Not twice, well, but thrice. In, on modern aircraft carriers, they have Starbucks. They have actual Starbucks on aircraft carriers these days. God bless America. <laughs> God, I want yeah. a Starbucks and a McDonald's on every single aircraft carrier. That's launch Big Macs at enemy countries. <laughs> yeah, you can be on a tent base in the middle of Iraq and you can oh still get God. Pizza Hut. It's and crazy. I'm proud to be an American. Mm, camel. So Maverick, having learned nothing, uh, <laughs> buzzes the tower again. And again... Just to clarify that he has learned absolutely nothing from this entire ordeal. Just to see... Yeah, he's had no character arc whatsoever. He learned to not leave his wing. He man. learned to not leave his wing, man, but he didn't learn to not be an asshole. When he asked permission to buzz the tower, he's like, negative Ghost Rider, the pattern is full. As in, there are too many fucking planes taking off and landing. Oh, so they fixed the launcher now. <laughs> yeah, they, they fixed the launcher at this point. I think there's only two planes in the air. <laughs> yeah, but apparently they got more planes in the air. The pattern is full. <laughs> okay. So, yep, fuck that. Reckless buzzes the tower, spills coffee on himself. And we're back on the deck. Hollywood and Wolfman, they didn't die because obviously they, they ejected. And because the helicopter's they're bringing them back. And Americans can't die. Mm-hmm. Except in training exercises. Except for when it's emotionally uh, important for the protagonist. Well, you can't show that Russians can kill us in the middle of a Cold War. <laughs> Only we can kill ourselves. That's very true. That's a horrible Very true. Right. Iceman gives a line that Val Kilmer did not want to do this scene because he knew how fucking cheeseball it was. He's like, hey, you, you're still dangerous, but you can be my wingman. Iceman, no, no, you would never say that. I call bullshit on that line. Bullshit. You can be mine. Yeah, Matt was like, <laughs> bullshit, you can be mine. And, you know, just, yeah, the entire flight deck crew is just cheering them and... They lose their <laughs> shit over that comeback. And this was the actual crew of the Enterprise. So this is the USS Enterprise. All those extras were the crew. Cool. And they're all in the movie cool with the ridiculous lack of authenticity <laughs> meanwhile a meg has sort of crept up on this aircraft carrier whilst everyone's cheering then <laughs> the whole aircraft oh, carrier God. goes down that's how the movie ends true story if only. So Maverick throws Goose's dog tags in the ocean to, to kind of symbolize Symbology. that he's let him go. That would, no, no, you would not do that. No, like, hey, dude, maybe you send you those to his family. That. Or just to yeah. remember your friend. You don't have to keep them, but don't throw them in the ocean. So I don't know whether it was for this scene or whether it was for another scene, but apparently Tony Scott had the captain of the aircraft carrier turn around so he could get better light. So he was setting up a shot, apparently. 
I don't know the don't know whether it was for this scene or whether it was a scene up on deck, but apparently Tony Scott was you know very meticulous about how he shot these planes and he wanted the light in a very certain way. And the captain turned the aircraft carrier and fucked up his light because they they were out there for four days filming and the captain was doing other shit. It's like yeah we're we're doing shit you can film while we are here, but you know we we're doing our own our mission. And Tony Scott sent him a message like hey can you turn around so we can get the light? And he's like no that's going to cost twenty five thousand dollars because every single maneuver on an aircraft carrier costs money. You mean my weekend cocaine budget? Yes, your weekend <laughs> cocaine budget is what it costs to turn a, an aircraft carrier. That was my Tony Scott impression. So Tony Scott, what he did was he got out his checkbook, wrote a fucking check for $25,000, had it sent up to the captain's thing, and the captain turned the aircraft carrier around. So Tony Scott personally paid the U.S. government $25,000 to get the perfect light oh, for his man. shot. All right, Pete, Tony Scott, I love you, man. And he went without cocaine for a whole weekend. <laughs> I am making all of these assumptions about Tony Scott's life that I have no. I there was, have there was no the next line that uh, you know Maverick was going to become an instructor, and I thought, at your age, what are you twenty? Yeah, I mean, he's in his mid to late twenties in the thing. Yeah, it's because the, the commander comes again. We're in the locker room because this is a sports movie. The commander comes in. He's like, "Hey, you're like you're you're on every newspaper in the entire English speaking world, and because of what you did, you get any assignment you want." Like, what do you what are you gonna do? I'm going to Disneyland. <laughs> I wanted that to be the line so bad. I really did. <laughs> you know so many of you. I mean, well, again, that's why Hot Shots win with. <laughs> But no, he thinks he's going to go be an instructor. You just graduated. You had one engagement. Those guys at Top Gun are Vietnam veterans who saw some shit. Like, re like I mean, you saw some shit, but they saw some shit. And he goes back to be an instructor. So he's in the bar from earlier where Goose was singing on the piano. Real quick, they mentioned if you win the trophy, you have the option to come be an instructor. The person who won the trophy was also a part of this mission. Yeah, but he didn't shoot down four MiGs. And no one fucking recognizes him at all. Yeah, because he didn't shoot down four MiGs. He's there. He's got his Top Gun instructor ball cap. Crazy thing, because I, 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 apparently I'm just really good at finding product placement. Jules is good at finding dicks. Hey, I'm hey, good at finding dicks, product cocks. placement. Because and birds. Cox, my bad. Yeah, I'll say Amber because that then it falls under birds. Yeah. So there's a couple in the like they're leaving through the front of the bar, and the the man in the couple is just walking out with a can of Pepsi. <laughs> and the only way you would know this Pepsi is if you had again. bought the Blu-ray and paused the film. There's no way. Like I like was that a Budweiser? No. I like you could very clearly see the circular Pepsi logo on it. But yeah, this guy's just leaving a bar with a can of Pepsi because reasons. Yeah. So a song comes on the jukebox. The quarter gets put in and it is you've lost that loving feeling and kind of piques Maverick's interest. Like, OK, that's a little bit more than coincidentally he walks. <laughs> it's on random. <laughs> yeah. So he goes up to the jukes box and Charlie comes around the corner from the room he just entered from. Yeah, How did he not she, see her? She just <laughs> Batman the shit out of it. Seriously, Batman the shit out of this. <laughs> it is a real Batman Begins moment. She puts on the diversion music, slips all the way around the bar comes in the back probably in heels so they say some lines that he to each other that reference lines they said to each other earlier i really in the movie. Yeah, I, I checked I couldn't out be bothered to remember 
<laughs> and they smooch and the movie with the credits smiling again by the way yes with the credits smiling again this like we were talking about this for predator it's just random scenes that were not in the film of them most of them smiling so you can see who was who in the movie and actually the final shot of the film is because we need to make sure that this recruiting film really lands it's two f-14 flight fighters flying off into the sunset and I feel like they had a story. Like this is like a <laughs> yeah. That these two F fourteens of that a, sent me back uh, to my forbidden love kid years, where I just loved the F fourteen and was just the poster boy of aviation loving. At least I did. John's snarling at me right now. It's, I mean, I will love airplanes until the day I die. I still think it's one of the most beautiful planes. But oh yeah, absolutely, it is really cool. And that was Top Gun. And before we go, of course, as millennials, we know that every single movie and TV show, no matter what it is, has a moral for us. So, Jules, what'd you learn today? I learned that the U.S. Navy wants butts. And they'll do anything to get it. Goddamn right it does. <laughs> Up to and including painting them on their helmets. And <laughs> uh, John, what did you learn today? I learned the secret mating ritual of, of getting a room full of people to sing at a stranger. <laughs> <laughs> and I learned that as long as you are mediocre at your job, the military will let you do whatever right? the fuck what the you hell? want, apparently. <laughs> Yeah, as long as you're slightly above average, you can disobey direct orders. You can buzz the tower. <laughs> no consequences. no consequences. In fact, when bad things happen, everyone will drop everything and support you. Exactly. And before we go, we need to tell you what we're doing next time. John, what do the folks at home have to look forward to? They have to look forward to Space Jam. Fuck. Yes, they do. And John, do you have a review for us? I do. From the Washington Post back in 1996, they sum up Space Jam by saying, obviously, this was just meant to be a fun experience, but the movie fulfills those duties on the most mundane level. You have to treat Space Jam like that well-known fast food Jordan loves to promote. It doesn't matter how the movie is prepared, only that it's served and ready to go. <laughs> that no certain restaurant these hot dogs were made <laughs> don't ask what's in a mcrib or haynes t-shirts jordan did a lot of sponsors i, I know mind. i know i'm just thinking god what could have gone into a haynes t-shirt that would have been the gatorade i don't know <laughs> and that's our show if you liked it please subscribe if you loved it please share it with all your friends and whether you liked it or loved it we'd appreciate it if you gave us a five-star rating on apple podcasts to help others find us also be sure to like our facebook page and follow us on twitter links to both of those are in the show notes thanks for listening and we'll see you next time for another episode of millennial rewind <laughs>